Hello. And welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me? Which is a podcast devoted to all things Karate Kid, particularly that continuity of the Karate Kid we call the Miyagi-verse. Yes, the Miyagi-verse. So only movies and TV shows that directly uh, follow the continuity of the first Karate Kid from 1984. With apologies to Jackie Chan, whose movie we might also see someday. I don't think Jackie Chan's got any problems. No, I think yeah. he's doing all right. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> as he is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, my name is Colin. My name is Jenny, and we love the Karate Kid. That's true. Now, I am a relatively recent convert. I've kind of absorbed Karate Kid through the culture throughout the years, and I didn't think I needed to see it. But after... Having seen it now several times, I realized just what a well-constructed movie it is. And I have been a fan of The Karate Kid since I was five years old. I'm one of the people who rented and then and then watched the VHS recording off of HBO of The Karate Kid many, 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 many times. Absolutely. Yes, we've both just come from seeing it for the first time, both of us, on the big screen. And we're here to comment on what we saw based yes. on, well... You know. Yeah, so today we're going to do a recap of The Karate Kid, and eventually we'll get to the... Uh, our plan for the show is to eventually get to all of them, but today we're going to do Karate Kid, so let's just jump right in. We should. All right, so obviously it begins with Daniel and his mom, Lucille, the mm -hmm. LaRussos, uh, a single-parent household, because we don't know yet what happened to Daniel's dad, but he's, he's died, um, and they are driving west... From Newark, yeah. New Jersey to somewhere in the San Fernando Valley. Yes. Because his mom wants to make a new life for them in California. Yes. Uh, and they wind up, uh, I assume, in Reseda. In Reseda, in... in uh, yeah. Standard Southern California stucco job. Indeed. Standard stucco job. And we see right away, after, after their epic journey, which actually looks like that's how the actors got to California, because uh -huh. body doubles or who look a whole lot like them are in their car at various locations across the country. Yeah, there's some nice location shooting. Indeed. Sedona, Texas. Well done, John Avildsen, the director of this film. Well done. So they arrive, and you can tell right away that Daniel's mom is trying to sell it real hard, and Daniel is not feeling California at all. In fact, like, he only brought an empty suitcase-looking thing and a bike. Like he's, he's putting on a brave face at this point. Yeah. he's yeah. not. He, if he is not enjoying it, he's certainly not letting it show. No. And right away, we establish a few things about Daniel. We know Daniel's first act in the movie is karate kicking open the fence. That's right. We're really establishing our themes hard in the way that a really classic movie does. And we know that Daniel's a sweet guy because even though he's got this this East Coast swagger and he's karate kicking the gate in, his first, basically first character defining act is to uh, get a bowl of water for a sweet dog that he sees sitting outside in the apartment complex with his owner yeah but also at the same time that he's doing that that lets us see that he can't get water out of the faucet very well and so he has to go talk to the maintenance man and this is our introduction to mr miyagi pat morita is mr miyagi pat morita is mr miyagi and I'll, uh, we should add that daniel larusso is played by the inimitable ralph macchio yes and lucille larusso is played by randy heller yes now, this is a topic that I kind of want to dive in on a little bit. We've had over 30 years now to kind of sit with a karate kid and saturate it, and we know the movie inside out at this point. But if you're watching the karate kid for the first time in the theaters in 1984, 
I feel like Mr. Miyagi is being established as kind of an aloof guy, kind of a weirdo, because in the first scene, he's trying to catch a fly with chopsticks, and Daniel interrupts him, and Miyagi is like, After. After what? After, after. Yeah, he's like, very he's very yeah. brusque and not interested. Yeah, he's being presented as a, a very mysterious figure and a, and a bit of a weirdo. And he kind of holds on to this throughout the most of the first half of the movie. That's right. Well, he, he, he hasn't yet opened his heart up to Daniel, and we don't yet know that he's going to be on an arc of his own. We don't know who's going to be special here. He, warm, he warms up to Daniel, but we don't know how, to ser- how seriously they're taking each other yet. Exactly. But anyway, uh, we'll come back to that uh, maybe a little bit more in a minute. Uh, the next scene, uh, we find Daniel at the beach, a party that he's invited to in the very first scene. Da- yeah, Daniel, uh, act- when he karate kicked that gate, he accidentally kicked his neighbor on the other side of the gate. Mm-hmm. And the neighbor was a kid about his age and invites him to a beach party. Um, <clears throat> I don't know which beach. I think they shot this in Malibu. But anyway, um, at that party, they see rich kids from the Encino Hills. And what's really interesting about this scene is that the producer, Jerry Weintraub, as, as some of you may remember from the Ocean's Eleven movies, Jerry Weintraub was the producer on this film. And he was mm-hmm. like, let's get a bunch of children of Hollywood celebrities to be in this beach scene. Yeah, that's kind of a wild Easter egg. Yeah. So you've got like Frankie Avalon's kid and, and all these other people, you know, yeah. playing soccer or grilling hot dogs on the beach. Yeah. There's a lot happening in this beach scene. We see Allie for the first time, played by Elizabeth Shue. And she is, you know, Elizabeth Shue and her hair are two MVPs. Yes. In this movie, both separately and together. Yeah. Yes. We know that Ralph Macchio plays soccer, or rather that Daniel LaRusso plays soccer, and that, you know, while he's enthusiastic about karate, soccer is his deal. Karate Kid is presented as this zero to hero story. I feel like they're not presenting daniel is completely inept right he's no, athletic he's a fish out of water yeah he he's 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 totally the king of the hill in new jersey is my guess like he kicks ass at soccer uh-huh. and he's got all these friends who see him off in the opening scenes but you know out here in california he's not necessarily a wimp he just doesn't fit in there yeah and particularly because it's a john avildsen film right his hero is frank capra and he made a lot of stuff through Critique Society, you can tell that they're trying to show that Daniel has to compete in this like hyper-capitalist California world where, <laughs> where the rich people are really strong and really built, and the yeah. poor kids can't even participate in their trials of strength. I could totally see some very, like, it's a wonderful life moments uh, between uh, Elizabeth Shue and Ralph Macchio. Like, oh, if, yeah. they, they, if they had slid the... Uh, the uh, what was it the from the It's a Wonderful Life the sock hop scene where they uh, where Jimmy Stewart falls into the Buffalo Gals yeah out tonight. I could totally see that happening Absolutely. to Ralph Macchio like yes. Johnny would have been the one to pull the lever to open the pool up oh my god yes <laughs> totally hey this is my day oh why don't you stop annoying well I'm sorry hey and I mean like and, and this is also the scene obviously where we meet the bullies and the mm-hmm. chief bully the, yeah, speaking the, of Johnny. the, the Karate King uh johnny lawrence played by billy zabka and his pals the cobra kais um who have a bunch of cool people in them like you know chad mcqueen steve mcqueen's son and so this is the moment where we see the cobra kais cruise up on their bicycles they're all karate students together Mm -hmm. and johnny sees that daniel is flirting with Allie, that 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 ralph macho and elizabeth shoe are hitting it off on the beach yeah. And so, you know, even though Johnny's trying to get his life together and this is it, this is the year he's going to make it, it's his senior year. And we get the sense that it's actually uh, yeah. Daniel and Allie's junior year. And, and he looks down the hill and sees 
that his his just recently ex girlfriend who he hasn't let go of is, is macking on Daniel. this this new shrimpy kid from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Johnny's introduction line is like, "I'm living clean now." Like, well, like, yeah, he's like. <laughs> He makes some line to the effect of like, oh, this year is going to be different. Like, I have one year to make it work. 8 a.m. tomorrow is the first day of school. Is he turning over a new leaf or not? Because it doesn't, again, they kind of drop that thread Well, in Johnny's headcanon of his relationship with Allie, they were just on a break. It was just a temporary blip, and he was going to win her back. Until Daniel, the, stuck the, up, the, until Daniel stuck up for Allie when she said she didn't want to talk to Johnny and all hell broke loose. Uh-huh. Okay. And, yeah. and, and, and rightly... You know, according to Johnny and his ego, this mm-hmm. cannot be. So he beats Daniel to a pulp. Yeah. But Daniel, we also learned, was willing to get back up for more, right? Like he, even having already been hit a couple times, gets up and punches Johnny in the nose. Daniel loses that fight and gets his ass handed to him. He's he's a fighter. Exactly. Johnny is, by the way, like William Zabka at this point, he's huge. Yeah, well, I mean, most people in this movie are huge compared to Ralph Macchio, even Allie a little bit, but I think that's mostly just the 80s perm. That's MV- <laughs> That's the MVP hair. That's, yeah. Um, it's part of the hair's peak performance. Yes. But, you know, we also see that this scene, which, you know, at the end of it, Daniel is left lying on the beach, and the new friends that he'd made ran off. Mm-hmm. The Cobra Kai karate gang, you know, has, has driven over the campsite with their motorbikes. Mm-hmm. And Allie comes over to offer Daniel help. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's too proud to take her help. Yes. So Daniel hasn't yet learned to accept help himself. Daniel takes his licks, uh, and then we catch up to them the very next scene at uh, soccer tryouts, the high school the next morning. Yeah. Oh, this is the Bananarama. Yeah. Da 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 da. Yes, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, Bananarama. The, this baseline is driving through the entire scene, beginning to end. Like they, like they play with the mix a little bit, but uh, that's it's something not something you see anymore. Where it's like, oh, we paid for this pop song, we're going to use the whole thing. Yes, we are. Yeah. No, but but I mean, so during these sh- scenes in high school, we see that. That Daniel is getting to know the land, the social landscape, right? Mm-hmm. There's Allie's a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Shue actually is tumbling. That's true. That's true. Um, and we see that Daniel, who's come here being really good at soccer, the Cobra Kai's team up to get him back, trip mm-hmm. him, have instigate a fight, kind of push him to yeah. fight with them, and then he gets kicked yeah. out of the tryouts. So he's lost his special gift. Another weird observation that I made is this is kind of a very, like, loosey-goosey, like, free period, gym period. Everybody's on the field at once. The cheerleaders are over here doing their practicing, yet Daniel and And there are the only Cobra about 60 Kais... people in the high school overall. Right, West well, Valley it's high. like, but it's like... But it's like the sh- some of the shots are quite deep, and everybody's on the field at once. Like the only time we see a coach is when the f- fight starts, and yeah. then the coach just instantly dives in and is like, "Bring it up!" But I'm like, I don't remember any of my no. gym classes being like this, where it's like everybody pile onto the field and everybody do whatever they're supposed to be doing. Maybe it's after school, though. I mean, this it could be this, after this school. Is, this occurs to me that maybe. This 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 moment in which Daniel is you know, trying out for soccer and the cheerleaders are all practicing. It's probably like the afternoon. Yeah, so or a free come, period. Come, well, no, but, it, but but it's soccer tryouts. So usually yeah. something like soccer tryouts would be scheduled at a different time. Right. Unless it's California where everything's just free flowing and Daniel's like showing like Allie how to juggle the soccer ball. On yeah, his that, knee. That's, that's how they've been flirting with each other since the beach. Is that they? Yeah. They, they, oh yeah, they, they were doing they, that they on they the, the beach too. Yeah. The but again, showing that Daniel has some agility. Growing like, up in. 
South Texas, that, you know, and this was the first thing I saw of soccer. One, uh-huh. of the, one of the first things I saw of soccer. I thought that's actually what soccer was. That you <laughs> bop it because I was, you know, four or five years old. That you just hit it with your knee. Mm-hmm. And that, that you would do that during the game. Well, I mean, theoretically you could. I didn't realize that they were playing the game of love, which is a different... A different kind of soccer game. Love games. A yes. love game, yes. yes. We know now that Daniel is a hothead. Mm-hmm. He has a heart of gold. He's got a lot of swagger, mm-hmm. but he's a hothead and he's prideful. Right. Well, those are two things that we learn from this scene where the Cobra Kai's conspire to piss him off so much that he attacks them and gets kicked out of the tryouts. Yes. And obviously, these guys are strength in numbers. They're kicking his ass. Yes. So he goes home to learn karate from a book. And this is also where Mr. Miyagi comes back into the picture. Yeah. So Daniel's back at his apartment reading how to do karate out of a book, as you do. And Mr. Miyagi comes in to fix the faucet. He's kind of giving him, like, a skeptical eye. Like, because when Daniel, like, Mr. Miyagi notices that Daniel has a black eye. Yeah, Daniel's got a black eye. And Daniel, of course, says it's it's a bike accident. Yeah. And Mr. Miyagi's like, oh, you're lucky you didn't hurt your hand. Uh, And then all the while, Daniel's practicing. Miyagi's kind of giving him a little bit of the side eye. Right. I mean, but I I, I don't know if Miyagi's side eyeing Daniel. I think Miyagi's actually interested in Daniel for the first time. Because because he totally dismissed him. And now he's like, hey, what's the why is this kid trying to learn karate? And you're learning from a book? Like, what's Mm -hmm. going on with you? Yeah. At this point, Miyagi still wouldn't presume that his help is needed. But he's got his attention. Sorely needed. Yes. It's interesting to watch... To shift POV when you watch this movie, because, you know, you're invited to look at this through Daniel's point of view. Yes. But in reality, looking at it from Mr. Miyagi's as the focus gives you a totally different perspective on mm-hmm. how he develops interest in this kid. We jump to, I guess, the next school day, because we're back in the cafeteria, yeah? Yeah, I don't know. The passage of time in this movie, you know, as I as I mean, I said, I'm presuming. The passage of time in the Karate Kid is like Star Wars light speed. It moves at the speed of plot. Uh-huh. So you just never know. Yeah. But, you know, we know that Daniel's hitting on Allie. We know that he's he's afraid. She tells him that Johnny's been her ex for a few weeks. And weeks could yeah. be anything from, like, two weeks ago to, you know, eight well, weeks ago. We don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're they're good enough to give us a couple of markers that we'll get to in a minute. Halloween being one of the notable ones. That's true. He's uh, in the cafeteria having a, kind of a disgusting-looking lunch. As, oh, yeah, that's As all point. cafeteria food tends to be. Elizabeth Shue catches up to him, and man, she is she is really sweet on him. Like, yes, she, she is. Yeah, because she's approaching him. He's not doing anything. Well, he's totally pro feminist. Like, he helped her get her. He tried to save her radio, and Johnny was threatening to break it. I mean, oh no, no, he's a real hero. No, no doubt about that. And he's, he's got and, a heart of gold. And not only does he have a heart of gold, he's got sweet eyes and yeah. and, fl- and floppy hair. I mean, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not judging anybody in this movie for their actions this movie is really even-handed in the way it handles pretty much all the characters except uh, for maybe crease yeah the evil sensei (laughs) fear does not exist in this dojo does it no sensei pain does not exist in this dojo does it no sensei defeat does not exist in this dojo does it 
John Bad Sensei Kreese. Yeah, a classic 80s villain where he's like, there's no and we gray meet, area with Kreese. And then we meet Kreese, right? Because Daniel is like, oh my God, I really want to date this girl. I need to learn mm-hmm. how to not get my ass kicked by her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. And yeah. I love karate, so I'm going to go to this karate school next to the place where my mom is now. Apparently, even though they came out there for Lucille to work in computers, she now had to get a job as a restaurant hostess. Yes. Um, and maybe that's a deleted scene or something. But anyway, um, he goes into this karate school. Mm-hmm. There is a terrifying, you know, special ops drill sergeant looking guy. Yes. Drilling the children, the children, the teenagers, the Cobra Kai's. Yes. And what look like Hitler youth positions. Yeah. And Daniel then sees Johnny Lawrence, his new arch rival. Yeah. And Johnny star sees pupil. Daniel too. And Johnny sees Daniel and gives him the jerk smirk. Kreese's whole thing is like, yeah, he was a... He's ex-army, he was in Vietnam, uh, apparently, and, like, this is our attempt to kind of win the Vietnam War by proxy, you know, Kreese training all these young kids to take no mercy and to destroy all their enemies, and if Kreese can't win Vietnam, he could at least win this goddamn karate tournament that's that's coming up. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a case to be made as we get toward the tournament that that really the entire tournament is some sort of trial of strength uh-huh. between of, of mental strength and mm-hmm. of pedagogical strength between Kreese and Miyagi, yes. and that it's really about maybe even like U.S. imperialism and, and and what will what side of America will win? Will it be like that? Is very true. Brawn authoritarian power mm-hmm. versus peaceful multilateralism yes you know that's that's really at the heart of that conflict i mean in very in that sense and again i'm foreshadowing what i'd like to say later but the karate kid really mm-hmm. is kind of a cold war movie like, oh yeah. yeah well i mean in the in the same way that all like 80s movies can draw some lines back to the cold war we know that daniel now is going to have to rule out going to become a cobra kai because they are hitler youth mm-hmm. and um you know, his mom, he goes back to the restaurant, tells his mom, you know, because the restaurant's right by the dojo, um, just about his day. And, and you know, she asks about girlfriends and he mentions Allie. So we can tell the way he talks about Allie that he's really, really smitten too. Mm-hmm. And and in a brilliant shot, John Avildsen, the director, shows us the Cobra Kai's know that Daniel's there. They yeah. notice him and, and plot to attack yeah. him, which they do in short order. Yes, they, yeah, the... There's a couple scenes like this where Avildsen is playing with foreground stuff versus background stuff. And yeah, while Daniel and his mom are having like this foreground conversation, the Cobra Kai's are having some fun in the deep background. And you really, having just seen it in the theater, it's much more interesting to pick up those details uh, than on home video. Yeah, but. it's really, I mean, like this this movie is, it's really worth saying. Like it has such an artist's eye. I mean, Avildsen was a, you know, was lifelong photographer, videographer, editor. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he has a, a, like an artist's appreciation, like an auteur without the ego surrounding That's the true. idea of the auteur. So mm-hmm. he applies these really cool artistic mm-hmm. approaches to super mundane, grounded scenes. There are some shots and compositions in this movie. They're just beautiful. Just, yeah, yeah. Unmatched. Yeah. Unmatched. Yeah. And so it's, it's really like you're sitting there watching this kid talk to his mom about a girl he likes and, the, and these you know, jerk karate gang members in the background mm-hmm. plotting to attack him. And you're like, this is a gorgeous shot. It's like if Frank Capra yeah. had Hitchcock's eye. Whoa. Well, it's accurate. Uh, I'm, I'm not arguing that. But uh, the Cobra see. Kai's have now seen Daniel and plot to attack him, which they yeah. do on his bike ride home. They knock him down a hill on their yes. motorbikes. Yes. 
yeah, Daniel is completely unmatched riding a regular bicycle against a bunch of thugs on motorbikes. Pretty rough stuff. Yeah. And you were telling me that they were training on those motorbikes pretty hard right yeah they they trained and they still didn't have it so like they took a sunday which apparently they had triple pay to go do uh-huh. on the old yeah because columbia lot or something was roaring around on their motorbikes i mean yeah. can you imagine being these kids shooting this movie yeah. Let's like go ride dirt bikes all week or you've all been cast in a karate gang and now you you get to train and become badass and yeah. then also you will be riding karate bikes all weekend Exactly. Yeah. Karate bikes. Exactly. Karate bikes. Exactly. Uh, all right. Anyway, so they knocked Daniel down the hill. He gets really banged up, and he not only physically hurt, but deeply, deeply emotionally hurt. When he gets back to the apartment, he throws something of a fit. Like, well, he, he, well yeah, his bike is wrecked. His it's bike like, is wrecked. His pride bent. is wrecked. He's yeah. hurt. Uh, They're lucky again, there was no internal bleeding. Robert Mark came and wrote the screenplay, and I'm like, dude, you're asking Daniel to take a lot of hits. They got to kind of play fast and loose with exactly how injured Daniel is from moment to moment. Usually the worst he gets is like a black eye. It's it's just interesting to notice. For the most part, they do a great job. Like, because it's like he'll have a black eye in one scene, and then we'll know it's a couple days later because he'll have slightly less of a black eye in the next scene. So Daniel freaks out. Um, he has an argument with his mom. Yeah, well, I just want to go home. That's it. I don't understand the rules here. I want to go home. At this point, he's full-blown, like, homesick. He's like, I do not want to be here. You never asked get, me if I wanted to yeah, come here. get me the heck out of here. And he has I his, don't want any part of it. And he has his meltdown while while slamming angrily against the wall. Of Mr. Miyagi's workshop. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi's workshop, which, by the way, yeah. they built into a carport just for the movie. It yeah, wasn't yeah. really there. Yeah. This great, it's this great tracking shot where they follow Daniel and his mom out, and they walk off screen up to their apartment, and then we pan back. And then Miyagi just opens the door a little bit. It's like, just gives us that hint. It's and like, he nods. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what's going on with this kid. Mm, right? This kid said exactly. it was a bike, atta- bike accident, but no, it's more not just a bike accident. Yeah. There's something more yeah. happening to this kid. Keeping Miyagi a little mysterious, still interesting. In just a minute, Daniel is going to be picked up by Mr. Miyagi, not necessarily mm-hmm. as a student, but as his friend. Yeah. But, but there, but you know, we see we see that Daniel is not processing this well. He goes okay. he goes to school. Allie's trying to talk to him. He's flirting with her. He's wearing his very stylish plaid shirt and camo pants. Yeah. Never seen that. Very- combination anywhere else in my Daniel life. Daniel is rocking some very interesting styles in this movie. Like, he's doing that poor kid thing where he's he just doesn't have any care to, like, whether he's matchy-matchy or whether he's... He's, he's not a stylish person by, oh, I think by he, nature. I think he is. I just think that he's living in the 80s when, when yeah. styles were, were differently matched. Um, I don't remember. But, I mean, his clothes are obviously not as expensive as Johnny Lawrence. Or, I remember or... camo being a thing in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not the only one. There's some choice T-shirts and stuff that I was noticing uh, during the big screen presentation. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's definitely worth checking out uh, if you see it in high def. Oh, oh, that's that was the other thing. This is the scene where Allie's su- friend Susan, right? Uh, I think it's Susan. Like she asked uh, him if he has a bike. He asked him he, if he has a bike, and he says it's a, a Miyagi Turbo. Miyagi Turbo. We don't know that he knows Mr. Miyagi's name, but he's already like he's already starting to think about Mr. Miyagi for some reason. I would presume he knows his name because that would be too weird a coincidence otherwise. Yeah. Like, but again, it's this thing that that they're doing. This is prime screenwriting one hundred and one stuff where it's like. Everything, He's getting accepted with the idea of Mr. Miyagi. Exactly. Like, yeah. everything in the movie is tying back to everything else in the movie. Even though it's just a throwaway line, it's like he could have said any bike 
name or whatever, or they could have done like a product placement there or whatever. Yep. They didn't. They specifically called out Mr. Miyagi because he Mr. Miyagi's on Daniel's mind and Daniel's on Mr. Miyagi's But yet mind. it's a version of Mr. Miyagi because at this point Daniel hasn't le- yet learned to pronounce his name. That's true. So he's, That's he's fashioning himself around the idea of this guy yeah maybe just because he threw his bike away in the dumpster next to his work shed but like that's that's what's going on we Mm -hmm. also see in this scene though that daniel is not up to confronting johnny yeah socially like Allie's like let's walk this way and daniel's like i gotta go get off my case yeah so he kind of refuses the call to be Allie's guy in that scene like that's true you know maybe out of good reason because he Mm -hmm. he really will get his ass kicked but you know yeah Exactly. And now he's riding the bus. So by the time he gets home, it's dark. And he finds at the top of the stairs in front of apartment 20 that Mr. Miyagi has fixed his bike. Yes. And it's never looked better. In fact, it probably looks better than it did at the beginning of the movie. It is glistening. Yeah. It is glistening like the time that Yoda pulled Luke Skywalker's X-Wing out of the Dagobah swamp. very much so. Yeah. There's a lot of parallels here to to a Star Wars style like call to adventure narrative. Exactly. So, and what is... And so Daniel goes to think, thank Mr. Miyagi. And what yeah. is Mr. Miyagi doing? He's working Mr. Miyagi his... is working on his bonsai tree. Bonsai tree. Not bonsai trees, but bonsai. Bonsai tree. Bonsai. 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 Yeah. Baby trees. Bonsai. And not, and not bonsai as in... As in bombs away. Bonsai tree. But yeah. no, no. Yes, exactly. Indeed. Yeah, and so this... I think this is one of my top three favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah? Yeah, because... Um, it's just so sweet, uh-huh. and it's all about Mr. Miyagi knowing now that Daniel needs help, uh-huh. and you know he's letting Daniel in. You know, come in, come inside if you want to see what I'm doing. Come inside, mm-hmm. and he shows Daniel how to trim a bonsai tree. Yeah, he really lets Daniel into his world in a way that is very tender and very nurturing. Yeah, you know he's very patient with Daniel. Daniel's not like. I mean, I think Daniel's kind of bowled over with Mr. Miyagi at this point, uh, and he, but like they've only just met, so he's still curious. He tells him about Okinawa. Yeah, he which says, is great. He says, "Where'd you learn this?" And he said, "Okinawa, my country, not Japan. Okinawa not Japan. is south of Japan." So, yeah. Mr. Miyagi is, is strong, is, you know, strongly identifies as Okinawa, and, mm-hmm. and Daniel learn, even though he's still mispronouncing Mr. Miyagi's name. Daniel like is conscientious and learns. Yeah, learns that Okinawa is where he's from. Mr. And, Miyagi gives him a quick lesson in. How how to trim a bonsai. Yeah, because all you have to do is close your eyes and, and just see only the tree. Mm-hmm. And, and whatever you see, if it comes from inside you, then it's the right thing to see. And then his mom comes in right at the end to kind of hammer it all home. He gives them both bons- bonsai trees. Mm-hmm. and, and uh, Time passes because it's Halloween. Yes. And now Daniel just hangs out in Mr. Miyagi's workshop. Drawing parallels to other 80s movies. He's a real Marty McFly here hanging out in <laughs> Doc's workshop. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, right? The the Back to the Future parallels, I could draw a million of them, but uh, that's one I noticed. Appropriately so, because Crispin Glover was considered for Johnny Lawrence. Which would have been scary as hell. And, and Eric Stoltz, the Marty McFly who would have been, yes, was considered for Daniel LaRusso. Ah, oh, Stoltz, what are you doing, man? You blew two. You could have had. You could have had both. You'd gotten neither. I know. You know what? He might be. La- <laughs> he might be the happier man. We just don't know. We'll never know. But th- in man. the words of Garth Brooks, he may be thanking God for unanswered prayers. Uh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. We don't know. No. So, anyways, yes, it, it is true. Like, so now time has passed. Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are tight. They're pals. Mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi calls him Daniel's son for the first time. Yep. Um, 
and and you know mr miyagi is encouraging daniel to go out i think the subtext is go find a girl you know go to the halloween dance why aren't Mm -hmm. you going and daniel's like i'd go if i could be an invisible man yes and Mr. Miyagi's like, invisible man? And we see yeah. the components of Daniel's Halloween costume hanging on the wall. Directly behind Mr. Miyagi. Again, this is such great attention to detail filmmaking. The components for Daniel's Halloween costume are hanging directly behind Mr. Miyagi. And in the very next scene, they he has built a complete shower costume. The costume has like a curtain around it, which allows Daniel to essentially be an invisible man. Like he can go to the dance. Nobody knows it's him. Somehow Allie just knows. Uh, well, because he hides all the time. I guess. It is a very odd thing. And, it, and the other characters kind of lampshade it and kind of call it out. It's Susan and, and the other one who I don't even know that character's name. But, no. but she's like, how do you know? And she's like, I just know because it's true love. I just know. It's true teenage love. It's and, true love. And also Allie is dressed as Princess Leia. Uh, well, the royalty free version. If you got it at Party City, it would be called like Space Princess it's the or costume something. That, it's, a, it's the costume <laughs> that an actual high school kid would have made. That's true. It's like her yeah. mom would be like, oh, you want to go as Princess Leia? Here, I've got these weird earrings. And that's, and that's one reason why the Karate Kid is so good because the world building suggests real people doing things no it's one of the most grounded movies everything that mr miyagi is saying about like okinawa the origin of karate like that's all like verifiable like real stuff that they're just kind of dropping in his flavor exactly yeah the guy who developed the style of karate really was named miyagi yeah exactly and so you know mr miyagi's yeah. name is a tribute to that guy yeah well I, because uh, he because robert mark came in as a trained martial artist himself right i mean yeah that's why jerry weintraub brought him in because jerry weintraub wrote this story in the news about a nine-year-old becoming a black belt and you know getting his yeah. bullies to leave him alone yeah and they knew robert mark Kamen could write such a picture so robert mark Kamen translated that into a high school context yeah. in the valley despite having never been in the san fernando valley until he was asked to research this film but at any rate yeah um daniel shows up mm-hmm. to this party as a shower yes and flirts with Allie, dances with Allie. they have great chemistry and they mm-hmm. talk about you know what a pain it is that that they have to deal with this crap with johnny yeah daniel gets nailed with an egg it's a weird halloween was that thing. a thing in the 80s that people <laughs> dressed up as chickens and slammed eggs i don't and others know. laughed at such a thing I don't know. I feel That's like this jacked is... jacked up, right? What is it with Chicken Kid? Is he, like, the kind of kid who's, like, just, like, star for attention? He's like, I know. I'll show up to Halloween dance dressed as a chicken and just start throwing eggs at people. God knows. Apropos I need, of nothing. I need to listen to the DVD special features again because don't you know that Jerry Weintraub's like, put so-and-so's kid in the chicken suit, you know? Yeah, just, yeah, just to make sure yeah. that as many people as possible from yeah. Hollywood knew the Karate Kid was getting made. So, But because Daniel gets nailed it, you know... Allie convinces Daniel to open the shower curtain. It's so, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's so silly, but it's a perfect metaphor. He opens the shower curtain and then chicken guy plants an egg on his head. Yes. So he has to go into the bathroom to rinse off his hair. Yeah, he's going to go clean up. It just so happens that while he's in there, some of the Cobra Kai's are in there. Uh, because Johnny's rolling joints for the whole gang. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, because as as the alpha of the gang, Johnny's also the best joint roller. I guess so. Yeah. I guess you don't get to be leader of the Cobra Kai just for nothing. Like, no. Yeah. He's got to. He's got to. Re- this is the year. Remember, this is the year he all turns. He turns it all around. He's gonna turn it all around. <laughs> he's gonna roll the best it's, joints this year. Johnny, it's already October. You got to get on this, my friend. I know he's yeah. falling off the wagon. <laughs> 
um uh, so so yeah so uh johnny's rolling joints and daniel decides this is the perfect time to prank his rival yeah by grabbing the hose and someone has helpfully left a hose attached to one of those old-fashioned work yeah. sinks in the bathroom that the kids are using yeah in a in a movie where someone learns karate like three becomes months. a master of karate over the course of three months this scene Ten, seems to strain credibility slightly more because we've got Daniel in his full like shower costume get up able to somehow get the drop on Johnny. Well, in fairness, Johnny <laughs> is listening to his ever-present Walkman. That's true. He Johnny, is jamming yeah, out. Johnny's jamming out to his Walkman, rolling his joints, and Daniel gets in the yeah, next all over. It's that, it's that martial arts concentration exactly. that's allowing him. Daniel um, suspends the hose and turns on the water mm-hmm. and sprays Johnny. I'm not if I were Johnny, I would be pissed off because you know back then in the 80s, maybe weed wasn't that easy to get. Although being a rich kid from the San Fernando Valley, I'm yeah, sure he had I don't think to a yeah, bountiful supply. Yeah, yeah, I think being rich in California in the 80s, I think you can get pretty much access to any drug you want, yep. um, including loads of cocaine. But we won't talk about that until Karate Kid Three. No. Um, <laughs> So Johnny gets all wet because of Daniel's prank uh, with the hose. And so Johnny gets so pissed that Daniel bolts out of the bathroom, nearly knocks over an ersatz Spider-Man. The rest of the Cobra Kai's somehow have caught up to Johnny and they are all going to chase well, him they, out of the gym. Well, they, they've been waiting for Johnny and they all come running and they're all dressed as skeletons. Yes. Which is pretty fan- terrifying. Yeah, it's really terrifying. And so for me, like for years, I always connoted skeleton suits with bullies. I think that's fair. Yeah. And so this is one of my favorite sound effects in the whole movie, which is that, that Daniel gives Allie a piece of his costume that was serving as the shower yeah. head. And Allie, it's like a part of a trombone or a trumpet. And Allie uses it. It's like it, a hook. Yeah. No, but she uses it as like a, like a shepherd's crook. Yeah. And, and trips. Gives, Johnny and the other Cobra Kai's yeah, as they run past. She gives them past. a real Midnight at the Apollo treatment. She, uh, she does. She hooks them. And then when they fall on the ground, the sound mixer throws in the sound of bones clattering. Yes. You just faintly hear the sound of bones clattering, which is fantastic. Yeah. They have some fun on this soundtrack. Daniel runs out into the parking lot. Actually causes some people to wreck their cars. Bad form, Daniel. Not cool. Cobra Kai's chase after him. And apparently Daniel's how Daniel's apartment is close enough to the school for him to run there um well he's been running for, we don't know how long he's we been don't know how long for. they've been running but it's within running distance they chase been... him to the all the way to the lot beside his house yeah. no matter how long they've been running yeah at the speed of plot they've been running they've been running at the speed of plot but they've been running full tilt they catch him like at the gate to his apartment and complex. kicks the crap yeah out of him. they really take it to him uh in a serious way even the other cobra kai's are like johnny you've had enough you should probably back off and johnny is Johnny's like no mercy going, man going yeah going full no mercy on these guys um and yeah and we see in that shot too that bobby who's played by ron thomas is his name okay uh the, the act real life martial artist uh-huh. um you know bobby the cobra kai goes leave him alone man he's had enough Bobby is the most vocal defender defender of Daniel, and, yes. and and we see that Bobby has a conscience. Leave him alone, man. He's had enough. I'm a side, but he's had enough, man. What is wrong with you, Johnny? The enemy deserves no mercy. Right, right, right. Yes, Bobby's the first Cobra Kai whose conscience we see. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the Cobra Kai's, despite kicking, you know, beating the tar out of Daniel, mm-hmm. um, you know, Johnny doesn't get to like finish the job or do whatever he was really planning on doing because Mr. Miyagi appears. In yes. the corner. Mr. Miyagi drops on them. Not unlike Batman or Spider-Man. Like, he f- he jumps down from the gate. 
Um, it's a little bit Pat Morita and a little bit uh, Fumio Demura. Uh, yeah, Fumio Demura, the, the Japanese martial artist. Yeah, yeah, um, as who, a stunt double. Yeah, his his double who does a little bit of Miyagi stuff in this, and even with like high def on the big screen, like I, I, no, the editing is seamless between no, the two. No, it's a credit to the people who photograph this and Avison who managed to shoot it in such a way that even in high def, even on the big screen, there's plausible deniability that it's always Miyagi. Some movies you watch today on blu-ray or high def and you see a stunt person yeah some Search of the james the bond movies yeah oh, don't, don't even spoil that for me i don't want to know yeah that's just sad there's some stuff in thunderball but we won't worry about that no right no, no, no no um um but the, you know mr miyagi basically wails on the cobra guys beats beats the pulp out of them mm-hmm. and you know as he carries daniel off to save him um daniel is of course knocked out and and has just barely seen any of this yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cobra Kai's lay there on the on the ground, twitching like beheaded cobras. Yes, it's pretty very great. So. I can just hear John Allison being like, "Now imagine a snake with its head cut off." Yeah. Anyway, and so then they get back to Mr. Miyagi's workshop, and Mr. and Daniel, you know, comes to to find Mr. Miyagi dabbing his head with the same cloth that he Mr. Miyagi used to tie around his head. Mm-hmm. You know, serving up tea, and Daniel realizes that Mr. Miyagi is the one who saved him, and Daniel's like, "How come you didn't tell me?" Tell you what? Did you do karate? You never ask. It's a very Luke realizes Yoda is Yoda moment. Makes me think about the first time watching this in 84. It's like, how big a surprise would this have been? Yeah. Like, just not knowing anything going in. It would it, it would have been interesting to know. Mr. Miyagi gives the background of karate and it all checks out. Like, he might as well be reading us the Wikipedia article. There's a great line Daniel says, I thought it was like from Buddhist temples. Like Shaolin monks or, or something. Shaolin monks, yeah. <laughs> to which Mr. Miyagi says, you've been watching too much TV. Well, good on you, Daniel, for uh, watching that much TV because I didn't even know where martial arts came from when I was watching martial arts movies as a teenager. But, but Colin, uh, the reason you didn't know is because you had that gap in your education. You hadn't seen The Karate Kid. If you'd That's seen The Karate Kid like the rest true. of America, you would have been like, oh, of course. I, that's true. I should have been paying more attention. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I'm trying to figure out what, you know, Mr. Miyagi serves Daniel T. They're sitting yeah. there. And Daniel's like, can can you help me? Right. But this, this scene does a great job of really establishing Mr. Miyagi's boundaries as a pacifist, which is consistent with Miyagi style karate which is created to be defense only yeah miyagi-do from okinawa is about you train you train you train you Mm -hmm. beat the crap out of yourself in training and you will have an aura or or a vibe about you that keeps people from attacking you because you will be seen it you will be what you know an armed body well or if someone does attack you you're you're ready your response will be almost automatic yeah which is something that we'll get to in a minute in the training sequences that's true but i mean the thing about this and i and i feel like i'm only allowed two more star wars comparisons over the course of this recap episode but this is really the moment miyagi says the miyagi equivalent of wars not make one great no such thing bad student only bad teacher teacher say student do so mr miyagi's like you know they're being vicious and that's not the way of karate but they're being taught wrong and this is a great point because the screenplay backs this up in the scene we just saw 
Some of the Cobra Kai's are like, no, Johnny, he's had enough. Let him alone. Yep. And we'll see other flashes of this throughout the movie as some of the Cobra Kai's are not as resolute as Kreese is. Mm-hmm. It's really just Kreese driving these Kreese kids. the evil sensei. Yeah. We've seen foreshadowing of Kreese's philosophy in Johnny. Yes. Right now, from the point of view of the audience member, seeing this for the first time, it looks like Johnny's just a sociopath. Like, he's just a mm-hmm. jerk. Like, we've seen Kreese once yelling at the kids. Right. But we haven't, like, seen his cruelty on full display yet. So right. the other thing I want to say about this scene in which, you know, Daniel realizes Mr. Miyagi's a karate master. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Miyagi explains his philosophy and tells Daniel he doesn't want to get involved. And Daniel ultimately persuades Mr. Miyagi to help him. Yes. To go with him to the dojo and ask Kreese to have those boys lay off him. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the great thing about this scene is that they shot it all in one take. Ralph Macchio lying there, Pat Morita sitting there. All the action, you know, the camera doesn't move or it barely, you know, barely shifts at all. It mm-hmm. never, never cut to different angles. It's so natural, this mm-hmm. sort of mono scene. You know, it, it works so well with the more complex setups that they have. Yes. It's, it's a moment where the audience's attention is totally arrested and in suspense as to, like, what's going to happen next? Like, mm-hmm. I've seen this movie now, I, I don't know how many times. And, right. And I'm always in suspense when I see this scene. Daniel makes a really good case for training him in karate because, you know, Mr. Miyagi is all about, like, I don't want to interfere. And Daniel's point, which is completely correct, is... You already interfered. You already interfered. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you, you broke the prime directive, Captain Kirk. Exactly. You're, you're done. you got to help now. You, yeah, you beat the shit out of these guys, and now they're coming for me do- twice as hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, because of what you did. Yeah, Miyagi agrees to help. On a very conditional basis, he's just like, I will teach you how to train to do karate, but I'm going to do it my way. That's right. And, and Daniel understands. Well, Daniel understands, but here's the other thing. Mr. Miyagi has been gently correcting Daniel on the pronunciation of his name. Mm-hmm. And then when he's like, all right, I'm going to help you, Daniel's like, oh, Mr. Miyagi thing. And he's like, Miyagi. Like, Miyagi. He's yeah. done. This is the first time he's corrected him, no, right? No, he, he softly corrected him earlier in the scene. Okay. Like, Miyagi understand problem perfect and daniel's yeah, like miyagi yeah. okay okay bonsai mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tree so like daniel now they now understand each other they're on the same page yeah. um and so off they go to the dojo we learn that daniel doesn't yet have his driver's license mr miyagi hasn't drive the truck anyway it's funny to see them beca- mm-hmm. becoming one through these odd little comic moments of like trying to drive this broken truck and, yeah for sure um, and they arrive at the dojo. We're literally going into the Viper's Nest. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they walk in and, and stand and wait because they're a poster for the All-Valley Under-18 Karate Championships that yes. winter. Yes. Yes. And so they're standing under that poster waiting mm-hmm. for the chance to talk to Kreese, who probably because he saw them there, drops a kid and threatens him with violence for no reason. The the trainer, Pat Johnson, who trained these guys all yeah. in doing karate, that, that, that move that Kreese did of dropping a guy randomly because he let his guard down, yeah. the, the Pat Johnson, the trainer, actually did that with Billy Zabka, yeah. who plays Johnny Lawrence. Like, yeah. he, like, threw him on the ground to be yeah. like, never turn your back. Yeah, Pat Johnson got method with these kids. Yeah, and, and so, <laughs> and so Mar- Martin Cove, who plays John Kreese, based his John Kreese on... Yeah. On Pat Johnson. Great. It creates this great dynamic between Pat Morita's Miyagi being very quiet, very reserved, versus Kreese, who Marty Cove plays. He does as go by Marty Ryder. Do we just call Martin him Marty Cove? in our hearts? Look, the the special features and interviews kind of switch back and forth. But yeah, so Cove, like, 
He is playing Kreese in such a performative way that he feels like a Will Ferrell character at times where he's just like... There's... Oh my god! <laughs> Don't give SNL ideas! Funny or die! Oh my god! But he's just the great... This is one of the best moments in the movie. Kreese is threatening Miyagi Will and... Ferrell versus Dr. Ken. Yeah, and he's like... You're a pushy little bastard, ain't you? But I like that. I like that. But I like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> the reason that that John Kreese says that Mr. Miyagi is a pushy little bastard uh-huh. is because Mr. Miyagi is like, listen, stop beating up on this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, your dojo has too much. And Kreese is yeah. like, let's go here. And, and, and yeah, Mr. Miyagi Kreese... is like, your dojo has too much advantage. Yeah, Kreese wants to wants to settle it right then and there. Exactly. Miyagi is, of course, being more reserved. We'll we'll settle this if you want to settle this, but we we'll do it on neutral ground. We'll do it on much like the Highlanders, like they have to go. <laughs> there can only be one. Yeah, exactly. There can only be one, <laughs> and true. they have to do it on on <laughs> sacred ground. They agree to do it at the All Valley Under 18 Karate Tournament. Smart move on Miyagi's part. Like, Which is less than know. two months away at this point. They have like six weeks to train. And that's the genius of this movie is like it does a great job of not straining credibility too much. Like it establishes that Daniel is somewhat athletic. The, the movie wants established that at least going in, Daniel has some... Some facility. Some, some faci- faculty to do this. Some yeah. fa- faculty to do this. He's not, like, magically learning this stuff overnight. He's just a regular kid. Even though he learns kid. most of it overnight. Yeah, I mean, he's not like he's not like the Aryan, Aryan army that John Kreese is right. raising. He's and- not like Ivan Drago training in the swimming pool, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. To, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. but the, but I want to say this because we just saw this on the screen and, and it's so beautifully shot. They shot almost the entire film in rehearsals before, and you can tell that all that hard mm-hmm. work that they put in allowed Avildsen to, to shoot it in such a way that on the screen you can see the point of view of all the major characters, including mm-hmm. Billy Zabka as Johnny. Yeah. You can see all the vulnerability and anger and rage yeah. and, and then amusement flash across Johnny's face. Oh, yeah. As he's listening to his sensei, his evil sensei, you yeah. know, he's listening to what his fate's going to be, right? Because exactly. obviously he's the standard bearer of Cobra Kai. And <laughs> they go, and this is my favorite moment. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite moment in the whole movie, but like this is sure. of them going to the ashram. Mr. Miyagi brings Daniel what is going to be, what appears to be his house. And they and they get there, Daniel says, where are we mm-hmm. going? Where do you live? And Mr. Maggie goes, on the other side of the tracks. And it's literally on the other side of a railroad track. That is true. In an area that looks like it's, you know, an industrial area. You know, he happens to own just a little tract uh-huh. that is next to train tracks. It looks like an old oil well. So, you know, very much, right. you know, the valley, which is, you know, a, an old oil economy. As a member of a racial ethnic minority in a lower income area, this makes perfect sense that this is where Mr. Miyagi's house would be. Absolutely. The actual location for this house, it doesn't, it's not standing anymore, but it was in like Canoga Park, not far from Encino or Reseda, where the rest of the movie is set. He's pulling Daniel up. We get to see his house, some huge agaves, uh, kind of a fading paint job. A bunch of classic cars, like f- like four parked, four and or five. Fi- well, yeah. five including his truck, yeah, his old which truck, which is also a, a just a beautiful classic car. Yeah. So apparently, Mr. Miyagi 
living his very best life. Basically, but, yeah. but at this point, you know, they roll in, and Daniel is in the is in the antechamber of the of the temple, as mm-hmm, it were, mm-hmm. right? Like he's preparing. You know, Mr. Miyagi's like, "All right, now we're gonna make this sacred pact." And Daniel's like, "Oh wait, I was gonna give you your tinugui back." Miyagi's like, "No, no, no, you keep it." And he's like, "We're gonna make this sacred pact." I'm going to tie this around your head. And he's like, but you need to know. And this is the other Yodaism that I wanted to invoke. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Mm-hmm. Do or do not, there is no try. Yes. Daniel's like, all right, I understand. And mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi, you know, like cinches the tinugui around Daniel's head. Now Daniel is the acolyte. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Miyagi, Daniel stands up to shake Mr. Miyagi's hand. And into his hand, Mr. Miyagi puts a sponge. A sponge, because it's time to wash all the cars and then wax them. Wax on, wax off, breathe in, breathe out. Using a circular motion. To which Daniel's like, what? Exactly. Like, yeah. And the first car that Daniel's going to clean is going to be this 1948 Ford Super Deluxe Club convertible. Yes. For five-year-old Jenny, this was the coolest car on planet Earth. It's a cool car. Not to harp too much on other 80s movies, but 80s was like the era of the cool car. Classic car made cool. Every show, every movie had to have a cool car, whether it was a Back to the Future DeLorean or an A-Team van. Yeah. Like, every show had to have uh, the car. And I guess for Karate Kid, this Super Deluxe is uh, the car. It is the car. But we don't know that yet because Daniel's just like, wow, True. this car. Mr. Miyagi sees Daniel looking at the car. Daniel's going to have to wash and wax all the cars. You put the wax on this way. You take the wax off this way. Mm-hmm. And Daniel's like, all right. You know, Mr. Miyagi's like demonstrating and that's his first task. Daniel gives him some back talk, uh, but Mr. Miyagi is like, look, if you're doing this, you're not asking me any questions. You're just doing what I'm telling you. Playing it very aloof, very mysterious. If you're watching this the first week in the theater, you got to be thinking to yourself, "Is does Mr. Miyagi even know what he's doing? Is he tooling Daniel? Like, how much do you think... Is, I can answer is this that a red question herring or not from the perspective of a nine-year-old because uh-huh. my dear friend Meg's son Simon recently saw this movie for the first time. Yeah, and the minute Mr. Miyagi handed him the sponge and was like, "Do it this way," Simon was like, "Oh, all these things are going to show him how to do karate." Okay, so the movie is telegraphing it pretty yeah. much, right? I mean, that's what I thought too, but I, I mean. It helps to kind of go back and look at these things fresh. Well, we don't know. I mean, that's the deal. Like, we don't know where this is going. We just mm-hmm. know that, that this is all that Daniel can do. Yeah. And also, like, at this point, you know, they're, they're pretty simpatico, but we don't know if Mr. Miyagi's just extracting pay from Daniel mm-hmm. for the lessons he'll eventually get. And there's a moment I would like to mention also here, which is that Daniel comes in to tell Mr. Miyagi he's done, and I believe this is the first time we see the like inside hours of... hours later, yeah. Yeah, hours later. The first time we see the inside of Mr. Miyagi's house. And Mr. Miyagi is kneeling at his shrine, Mr. Miyagi's Shinto. Mm-hmm. He's kneeling at his the Shinto shrine in his home, and he's asleep while kneeling up. Mm-hmm. And Daniel just walks in and is like, Mr. Miyagi, I'm done. And Mr. Miyagi's passed out. And yeah. Daniel's just like, ugh, and turns around. I remember as a kid being really mystified by that, like really being like, whoa, <laughs> what is that guy doing? Is yeah. he meditating? Like I had an aunt who was Buddhist, and so I was like, maybe he's chanting. That's mm-hmm. his form of chanting. Like I couldn't figure out yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Um, but no, he's asleep. And so what do you think? That Mr. Miyagi's vulnerable? Or what does that do for us there? The movie does a great job of painting Mr. Miyagi as aloof, mysterious, maybe a bit of a weirdo. But he's not a cartoon stereotype. He speaks broken English, but also he's first generation. They're doing it for very specific reasons to set it up. 
that he fought in the war. He's I don't, I, actually, I think I think he's not even first generation. He's the immigrant. Yeah, f- children are first generation. Okay. Yeah, Pat Morita chose this dialect, or he appropriated it in this way, and he yeah. and he based Mr. Miyagi on people that he knew once he arrived in internment camps. Yeah, again, so, it's like, all coming you know, from a very honest place. Exactly. Like, but yeah. so his depiction of Mr. Miyagi in this way, and the way that they've written Mr. Miyagi is like falling asleep in these moments mm-hmm. of Mr. Miyagi, I guess it's foreshadowing of a greater vulnerability that I we're going to so. learn about with Mr. Miyagi. Daniel Bales, we see now that Daniel's really cocky at high school because the yeah. Cobra Kais can't touch him. Now that we're in this detente with the Cobra Kais, <laughs> Daniel go, kind of falls back into his wise guy pattern and starts sassing the Cobra Kais knowing that they can't get back at him until the turn. Yeah, he like asks Allie out in front of him. Yeah. He like gigs them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically meanwhile now he's free to go out with her without being afraid of getting his ass kicked she's like pick me up and so you know, he rolls into her house in the encino hills with his mm-hmm. mom driving daniel and his mom they only have one car and it's not a great car no it's a yeah it's a, it's a big green station wagon and they have to roll it to get it yeah. to go and yeah. and pot and you know and stick shift and so so his mom is there it's already it's already fraught because his mom he doesn't have a license his mom has to drive him mm-hmm. and and they roll in, you know, he goes up, rings the doorbell, and she answers the door, and he's like, I think you have company. And she's like, oh, no, those are my parents who are, like, pulling yeah. up in a Mercedes or His a BMW. Are, her parents are pulling up. up right at that moment. Yeah. They've clearly just come from tennis. Yeah, yes. they've come from tennis. Yes, 80s tennis that all checks out and then and then her parents come up and are you know quizzing him on where he's from and and he and he kicks at the little flower bed wall and as he does that a brick comes loose hi i guess we're going to golf yeah and i'm thinking you know since john avildsen does have that sort of tacit socialism of frank capra like he's like i'm gonna kick it and show this brick coming loose that yeah. Not everything is as it seems, right? One of the things Mr. Miyagi says multiple yeah. times in this movie is not everything is as it seems. Yeah, well, then it gets driven home because then there's like this weird little moment where Allie's dad is like... Oh, uh, don't worry about that. I thought you were going to have that fixed. I am. I was. I will. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like we Not don't... all the glitters, folks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. We don't really get too many flashes of that. Giving these little breadcrumbs. It's so great the way that, that Elizabeth Shue plays Allie mm-hmm. because... You know, Elizabeth Shue happily helps Mrs. LaRusso get the car to start because, of course, the car doesn't work. And on the big screen, you can see Daniel's face yeah. when the car won't start. And then mm-hmm. it's just mortifying. Yeah. And, and you know, Elizabeth Shue is more than happy to help them get the car to yeah. start. Yeah, she's, like, super game for all of this. Yeah, she's game. She's smart. Like, she gets it. Yeah. And, um, and they go out. And Allie wants to hit the golf and stuff. Do they actually play golf there? Am I wrong? No, they do. Right? They play mini golf, yeah. And they and they play air hockey or not air hockey? What's it it's called? It's just like foosball. And 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 there are many happy montage shots of them yeah. giggling and, and taking photos with pictures. Yeah, I mean, if you're a gamer, this is prime '80s arcade. We got all the classics. We and got golf and stuff is still there. If golf you're in and California, still there. Hit the golf and stuff. But you know, they've had this wonderful evening, and it's about time for his mom to pick them up. And again, we see Daniel's insecurity. Right, first a hot guy in a Corvette rolls up and asks mm-hmm. Allie if she wants a ride, and she's like, "No, Eddie, this is Daniel." And then, and then a red convertible full of Cobra Kai's and Allie's friends pulls up. Yes. And we can see Johnny, like, wickedly see they make fun of her car. Yeah. Eddie the Corvette guy. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to back up because he literally says, hey, good looking. Like, yeah. He's practically Mr. Microphone. <laughs> he is Mr. Microphone. Yeah. Hey, good looking. We'll be back to pick you up later. 
Johnny and, and the rest of them pulls up in another crazy classic car. Like, yeah, this red car that, that is a DeLorean of convertibles. Yes. And, and, you know, full of everyone that Allie has associated with except Daniel. And they're like, come on, you guys can take a ride. She's like, no thanks, no thanks. And then, you know, Johnny's like, you know, we, Daniel can ask his mommy. And Daniel's mom being the over-the-top happy lady that she's like, hey, oh, yeah. kids. And the kids are like, we love your car, Miss LaRusso. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. so awful. Like, I've so been there. I've so heard people oh, make no, fun yeah, of other kids' parents' cars. And it's like the worst thing in the world. It's so triggering. Like, well, I have to avert my eyes during these scenes. No, no. I mean, it's oh, just like, God. well, I think everybody's had this interaction when they're like kids or when they're teenagers where it's kids are clearly tooling with Daniel his mom either just doesn't get it or doesn't care or both. Yeah. And she's just like, hey, kids, I'm here to pick Daniel up. Oh, uh, so at least the car ran and didn't break. Yeah, at least it was running at the time. But we see that Daniel has not yet learned his emotional honesty bit. True. Because he's like, you could have gone with him. That would have been interesting. But what does this movie look like if we do that extra scene of daniel like actually going with them like then we have all this bunch of like passive aggressive stuff with daniel and johnny don't worry like, there's a fanfic out there that explains that i'm sure oh i'm positive no doubt read it i'm already. sure that yeah. hijinks ensue of the slash fic variety <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> another guess, episode yeah but but you know what's interesting about that scene is that it really drives home like that whole sequence that this is about class Right. Yes. Daniel's insecure. He comes from this bare bones Spartan apartment mm-hmm. with a pool that doesn't even have water in it. Yeah. He's got sure. no money. His mom is now hostessing at a restaurant instead of working for a computer company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're scraping by. He, he doesn't have a car. He doesn't even have a driver's license. He feels like he's less than. He's internalizing the bullshit class politics of the rich people of, of the hills. He hasn't yet learned that lesson that Mr. Miyagi said, which is if come from inside you, it's good enough. His insecurities on display. I guess we're going to hit pause on that relationship for now. Mm-hmm. And now we're back at Mr. Miyagi's yard. You know, Daniel is is there with his tinagui around his head. The way you know, no, actually, it's around his neck, and he like rolls in on his bike. Yeah. And Mr. Miyagi's like, Ah, you much humor. What are these? Japanese sanda. So we sand the floor. Yes. Uh, he wants his whole deck sanded. He wants his whole deck sanded. That's pretty much an all-day job and then some. Like, and then Daniel gets done and he's like, come back tomorrow. And Daniel's like, that's it? And then are you kidding me? Tomorrow, Daniel rolls in and Mr. Miyagi's there catching the fly with chopsticks. And to our surprise and shock, that was not any kind of animation. They actually had a dude. They had flies. The they had real man. flies. They had like fuzz, I think, on a string. They had a person who was there to wrangle flies. Like they kept the flies in the freezer for a while to slow them down. I can't imagine that any of that worked. Like, I mean, I'm sure they tried it, but it's like, what was that development meeting like? This is this these, is these flies have a lot of writers in their contracts. This is old school, like classic filmmaking. They're very it's method like, flies. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's like nobody has conceived of this in a movie before. Yeah, and obviously, this is an age before CGI. This is an age of practical effects and it's like well maybe we could like I, that is that that would have been interesting to uh be a fly on the wall as it were during that production meeting wow. and being like being like or on the stick yeah <laughs> maybe we get real flies maybe i don't know like, i wish robert mark <laughs> came in could explain to me if that's something that his japanese or okinawan yeah. karate master also taught him uh-huh because as mr maggie says man who catch fly with chopstick accomplish anything and and daniel does guess what daniel does yeah that's when grumpy miyagi comes out you begin a luck it may be beginner's luck or maybe he's just 
fast as hell. Like, See, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think Daniel's fast. I think, I think, but I don't think they're trying to make Daniel special. I think what they're trying to do that scene is not just about that Daniel can catch the fly. It's about how Daniel reacts to catching the fly. Yeah. And we see that Daniel's this super tough guy, mm-hmm. you know, that he's trying really hard. He's fronting, you know, mm-hmm. for Allie, even though they have a genuine connection. Mm-hmm. And then when he catches that fly, you know, Ralph Macchio's voice goes up an octave. And uh-huh. He's just beside himself. And we see yeah. that inside Daniel is a kid. He's just a kid. Mm. And it's adorable. For sure. It, um, is that is that an Okinawan habit? I don't know. Yeah. But now it's time to paint the fence. So we get some business where Miyagi's teaching Daniel to paint the fence. He wants him to do it a very specific way. We may or may not be clued in on the fact that <laughs> Miyagi's messing with Daniel a bit, but it's all for a greater purpose, right? It is. The other thing is, like, during all these sequences, Miyagi seems to have something better to do. Yeah, Miyagi leaves Daniel there painting. Yeah. He leaves in there. This time he's, like, super dapper in a yeah, Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he's got, like, a cap and a Hawaiian shirt on. And he, he's... like, walks off humming to himself. Yeah. He's, he's heading to the VA, obviously. He's either got a VA or maybe a hot date, maybe both. Who knows? Oh, who knows with Mr. Miyagi? Yeah, exactly. Maybe he's going to see a man about a bonsai tree. Bonsai tree. So very possible. very possible um but the next morning you know daniel daniel's like okay i finished the fence he comes back now he's he finds nothing but a pile of paint cans a yeah. brush and a, and a adorable note with an animation of a house with a chimney and a puff of yeah. smoke saying paint house side to side so uh, by the time that mr Miyagi gets home you mm-hmm. know ralph macchio is good and sore he's like angry literally his dominant arm is sore and he's mad as hell at mr miyagi but Miyagi's like, not everything is as it not seems. Not everything is as it seems. This is great screenwriting. This is probably the third or fourth beat of Miyagi saying explicitly, not everything is as it seems. That does kind of plant the seeds, like you were saying, these cues, whether consciously or subconsciously, the movie is telling us, not everything is as it seems. And he's teaching Daniel Karate his way, and possibly one of the best scenes in all movies anywhere is the is this final beat of wax on wax off at the moment at which mr miyagi reveals to daniel that he's been training for karate this whole time because Just he's genius he synthesized all the defense moves yeah like so he's he can instantly defend based upon the muscle memory that mr miyagi has had him cultivate daniel still being you know doubtful like mr miyagi walks him through this defense drill basically i mean it's ironic that we're even describing this because if anyone's listening to this podcast they know what we're talking about and if you just know the culture like you know like wax on wax off karate kid mr miyagi the whole thing right it's beautiful and mysterious and yet like so obvious and it's such a great lesson oh for sure i don't mind doing a lot of other tasks that normally annoy me Mm -hmm. after i've watched the karate kid because i'm like you know what this is building to something I don't yet understand. Yes. And also fantastic is Mr. Miyagi's chiropractic ability because mm. of his cool hand trick that he can just like yes. repair Daniel's hurt shoulder yes. and arm. They rehearse the fight scenes most of all, but they've rehearsed all this and yet they sell it like it's the first time it ever happened to these actors. I think this is probably our second act turn at this point where Mr. Miyagi reveals to Daniel, hey, listen up. You, you've been learning karate this whole time. You just never knew it. And then Daniel's face, when he makes that connection in his brain, holy crap, I just learned karate. And Pat Morita in this, in this sequence is amazing. It's a beautiful moment where he is always like, ah, at Daniel, because Daniel is, is not understanding yet. He still doesn't get it and still doesn't get it. And then once Daniel mm-hmm. gets it, he stops being so gruff with him. They bow and he's like, hey, look, I always look, I... 
and his and his face is beatific. And I serious. think we should talk for a second about how Weintraub did not want Marita because prior to this, Pat Marita was not known for any sort of dramatic acting. He's known primarily as a comedian, probably mostly from Happy Days. Yeah, but also Jerry Weintraub used to book him in the Catskills back in the day, and his stage name was literally an ethnic slur. And he wore his glasses upside down. And Pat Morita's life is really interesting. Like, he had a job mm-hmm. and, all this, and he dropped out to become a stand-up. But, like, right. he had been seen as either Arnold or, like, the drunk stand-up. But he, like, knew this character. And, you know, I think we've all kind of been in those moments where it's like, no, I'm being serious right now. Yeah. And you should pay attention. Yeah. And, it's, and in a way, Mr. Miyagi is grabbing the audience at the same time that he's grabbing Daniel. And then we cut to the beach. The beach! <laughs> This is such a great scene. It's sold with that beautiful Baroque music. Bill Conti wrote. Well, I mean, Bill Conti composed all the orchestral stuff. He got Zamfir on the pan flute to do these, you know, vaguely Asian-inspired flute solos that kind of underscore a lot of the training sequences and a lot of the Miyagi sequences. It works perfectly. Bill Conti, of course, also known for the Rocky music. The similarities are pretty apparent to anybody who's seen both movie series. So, you know, Mr. Miyagi's like, go to the waves, make kick, learn balance, like mm-hmm. stand against these these heavy Pacific yeah. waves. And Daniel is just like standing there with the waves rolling over him and he keeps yeah. getting up and trying to kick. Well, filming stuff in the golden hour and in the evening against the ocean, which is basically reflecting all of the sunlight just directly back into the camera mm-hmm. to get those stops right. And Daniel silhouetted on the ocean with just the right amount of light to make it look like a, you know, a silhouette standing against this shimmering field. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't even conceive of how a, a director of photography puts that together, but bravo. Yeah, and, and the thing about it is also that the way they shoot it at that hour at that moment, it allows Daniel to squint and yeah. sort of see Mr. Miyagi like a mirage in the distance doing the crane technique on the yes, on the this post. Is, this is our first flash of the crane the technique. The line of posts in the water. And like it, as someone who grew up with this movie and everyone else who knows what I'm talking about, the minute you hear that the hint of the dun-dun-dun theme yes. of the crane technique, yes. you feel like the Manchurian candidate and you're activated and compelled <laughs> to stand and do the crane technique yourself as all Whoa. the hair rises on your, on your skin. I mean, <laughs> the goosebumps is amazing. It's just... You know, this guy in the distance, and, and, and until I was 37 years old, I didn't really, I mean, I knew that it wasn't Pat Morita on that stump, but like, I, I still believe it's Mr. Miyagi out there. Of course, it's yeah. not a real technique, right? They made up this idea. Right. But it doesn't matter that it's not real because it's one they of the sold few it. things created whole cloth for the movie, but it still probably works based so on well because the, the rest of the world is so grounded, Probably right? based on the white crane kata from Miyagi Do, real Okinawan karate, but which is a different technique, a different move. Well, sure. Yeah. I think you bring up a great point because it's like this perfect synthesis of music and photography and story yep. and performance coming together and just creating these perfect little moments again and again and again. Yep. And they and they roll in, you know. Daniel's like, "Oh my gosh, you know what is that?" And he's like, "Oh, my father taught me." Daniel's like, "Can you teach me?" And he's like, "You know, first you have to learn all these other things. No one can defend against this technique. I I I think ironclad. Yeah, I I think that's a great thing that they drop in. It's a technique we created whole cloth for this movie, and also it's the ultimate technique. It's not quite Dragon Ball Z level stuff, but it's close. It's like, yeah, if you master it, no way to defend against it. They're coming up, and this always really bothered me as a kid, because I didn't know that uh, there, you know, there are two dudes drinking beer, and they've laid out all these bottles of beer you know, on top of the wheel, mm-hmm. and, and the more aggressive older guy 
you know, says a slur yeah. to Mr. Miyagi and basically says, hey, look, it's a kid who has his very own Asian, pet Asian. What does your pet Asian do? Right. And the guys are mean. And so Mr. Miyagi karate chops the tops off their bottles. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hurriedly move the bottles. And You know, it's interesting how they've chosen to weave the racism in. And this one, uh, also in Karate Kids 2 and 3. Yeah, um, you it know, gets a little less subtle and a little more explicit, especially by three. Yeah, but even in this one, I mean, this guy was like a cartoon villain. Like, you look like a Popeye villain. This racist being played by uh, Larry Drake, uh, who, yeah, he was Durant and Darkman, and he's a, he's kind of all over a, a bunch of 80s movies. You know, I really think when I see it, like, it's important to see, and, and it really puts it, it's it's very timely, but but what's really amazing is how Mr. Miyagi deals with it. Like Mr. Miyagi's like, "Oh, you're just you're just a dick." Okay, well, I guess I'll just karate chop your bottles. Like I'm not going to even change you. Like we're we're moving on. Like I'm a pacifist, mm-hmm. but that's just the way this is. It's really interesting to see that come up now. Mm-hmm. You know, Mr. Miyagi it will use his ability to inflict violence, but never to hurt the person, just to get the obstacle out of the way. And the brighter spot of the scene is Daniel asking Miyagi, how did you do that? How did you break the bottle without moving the bottle? And Miyagi is being like, I don't know, it was my first time. He's a master of karate, but has never had a opportunity to use it. For Miyagi, that was his catch the fly moment. And I'm sure being Mr. Miyagi, he has a prime, you know, Asian liniment at home that he can put on his arm and yeah. or his, on his hand to heal yeah. it if it hurts from breaking those bottles. Exactly. Daniel, as time passes, makes a date with Allie. That's yes. they're gonna go back to golf and stuff to get on the water yeah. slide. And she's like, "Pick me up from the, pick me up from the Encino Hills Country Club at like nine thirty. Yeah, because once you've had a taste of that golf and stuff, that's all you want. Yep. <laughs> this show does an interesting job tonally, like shifting back and forth between the Miyagi moments mm-hmm. and the high school moments. And yeah. if, and if the characters weren't so grounded, it would be weird tonally. Mm-hmm. But because they're so grounded and and they're so consistent, it makes perfect sense. You know, every afternoon or mm-hmm. every morning, depending on what day it is, Daniel's out there training with Mr. Miyagi. And so, you know, boom, we're right back at the reservoir. They're mm-hmm. fishing. You know, Mr. Miyagi is is having Daniel stand on the bow. Of the, you know, don't bow to me. I mean, get on the bow of the boat, of the yeah. fishing boat. And and yeah. Daniel's practicing various defensive moves. Yeah. And, and Mr. Miyagi explains his hatred of fighting. Yeah. Right? Which Daniel's, yeah. like, baffled by at first. Yes. Daniel's showing that he gets it. Because by the end of the scene... Daniel himself admits, I'm learning karate so that I don't have to use it. And he specifically says that, and Miyagi's like, great, you're getting it. And if you get that, there's hope for you yet. It's a great scene. And that's why Mr. Miyagi decides that he can have a little fun and rock the boat so that Daniel falls and gets wet. Yeah, and yeah. We see that Mr. Miyagi's a little bit of an anarchist at heart. And man, he is in love with his own jokes as well. Yeah, he loves his own jokes. He's one of those guys who's just like, it's, it's fair because it's like, I mean, I think the deal is that he's being Daniel's dad, right? Dads are weird. They make dumb jokes. That's true. They play pranks, especially on sons, right? You know, Mm -hmm. gender politics and society. So that's awesome. And Daniel's just like, you're crazy. He's being more than a dad because that's the beauty of the teacher-student relationship. So now it's time for the date. Yeah, yeah. Daniel has now learned that that he's really learning not to fight. He's learning to be able to defend against Mm -hmm. fighting. Fighting is always a last resort. Mm -hmm. And they go to cut to the Encino Hills Country Club where... Allie is running late because she's dancing with her dad because this is apparently a country club where they play the old classic standard fascination. It's practically Lawrence Welk. It is. Turn off the bubble machine. (laughs) Here we are. Thank you so much for all that applause. Next, another song made famous by Ned King Cole. 
And we see Allie's parents are classist monsters because she's dancing with her dad. And she's mm-hmm. like, Dad, I have to leave. You know, I'm running late. And he's like, oh, it's not with that boy from Reseda, is it? Yes. And by this point, mm. you know, Johnny Lawrence has already spotted Allie and has, and has started dancing with Allie's mom so he can cut in. And, and God, I mean, Billy Zobka plays Johnny with a lot of nuance. But in this scene, he's just a straight-up villain. Like, yeah. he's just a jerk. He's and, slimy all over oh, the place. Oh, he's so slimy. He's he's Eddie Haskelling, her mom. You know, yeah. Charming. It's just, come on. And, yeah. And, and This is probably one of the broadest scenes in the movie because... As in yeah. painted with a real broad brush. Like, yeah. Like, no, no gray in this scene at all. No. So we've got Allie's parents just being villains from a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas, like, oh, that boy from Machina. Um, and then we've got Billy Zobka I mean, her dad being, is like, basically Taster's Choice guy. Taster's Choice. Billy Zabka being uh, the slimiest he's been in the movie. Johnny's seeing Daniel through the window. They make eye contact. At this point, Allie has run so late Mm -hmm. that Daniel has snuck into the country club through the service entrance. And, you know, and at first I was like, oh, my God, he's internalized the classism so that he won't even use the front door. But the truth is you probably have to be a member to get in. Like yes, he had, and he conveniently w- Daniel is dressed in all white and like a track jacket. So yeah. he does kind of blend in. He looked like he could be people. a runner or a server yeah. of some kind. And so he comes into the kitchen and he's peering through the, the window from in mm-hmm. the kitchen door into the dining and dancing area. And Johnny spots him first. And so yeah. Johnny decides to fake necking with Allie. Like he, he sexually assaults her to a certain certain degree yeah no consent not no true. and daniel turns to flee at that moment you know ali's like get off me and then t- crash boom bang in his rush to get away daniel thinking that johnny and ali are actually <laughs> doing it on the side yeah. runs into a chef in his moment of emotional revulsion daniel knocks we don't really see the the impact but we, we see we see, we the, see the, the result the which aftermath. is daniel and this poor waiter Sliding along the floor, like, covered with spaghetti like it's Eviscera from a Friday the 13th movie. And at this moment, we also <laughs> see the moment where, where ethnic and class parity, you know, overlap and produce a sort of moment of racialized bigotry or racialized it's, mocking. Because Daniel, the Italian kid, is covered in spaghetti, ooh, covered in pasta sauce, true. and all these rich folks at the country club are laughing at him. Everybody in the dining room drops what they're doing to specifically laugh, presumably at Daniel, maybe a little bit at the waiter too. It plays like a like a nightmare from any teenager's dream, where it's like, oh, I'm covered with spaghetti. No, this is, they're all laughing this at me. Is, no. This is this is you know if Avildsen is Frank Capra's biggest fan, then this is Avildsen's arsenic and old lace moment. Mm. But Ali, you know, clocks Johnny. Yes, which is fantastic. Yes. and extremely rewarding. Yes. Daniel's like, I gotta get out of here. So where's he gonna go? He goes right back to Mr. Miyagi because it's a safe space. And Daniel arrives covered in pasta sauce. Yes. And, you know, the first clue that things are not right is that Mm -hmm. Mr. Miyagi is sitting, pouring a drink for a photo in a frame and a Mm -hmm. drink for himself. Yeah. And it's like, it looks like whiskey uh, or bourbon. And Daniel walks in and Mr. Miyagi's drunk, slurring. Mm -hmm. And doesn't even notice that Daniel's covered in pasta sauce, which Mr. Miyagi would have instantly noticed on any other day. I'm sure he would have. And Daniel, you know, is like, what, what are we what are we drinking to? And and you know, Daniel clearly has never had it, much alcohol at all, if any. Right. And Mr. Miyagi just says anniversary. Yes. And it's very nebulous. Yes. What's going on? Yes. They toast the picture of his wife. Who uh, Mr. Miyagi first saw in the cane fields of Hawaii. Yes. Beautiful and a damn good damn good cane cutter too. Mr. Miyagi is like Banzai! 
to baby trees. Ah, bonsai. Bonsai! Bonsai. Bonsai! Yeah, bonsai different from bonsai. Yeah, and, and then Mr. Miyagi slips into talking about military orders and you know shooting mm-hmm. Germans and like mm-hmm. he's from World War Two. Yes. We, this is where we learn Mr. Miyagi's a war vet. Yeah, you know, he's sitting there drinking, Daniel's drinking, Mr. Miyagi's drunkenly laughing as Daniel coughs from the booze. Mm-hmm. And we see that no. like it's not just that he's drinking, he's not okay. Yeah. He gets up and begins orating drunkenly in the voice of a troop commander. Yes. And, you know, he starts, you know, yelling, you know, Sergeant Miyagi, go do this. Go kill the Germans. Yes. And then it's, you know, Sergeant Miyagi, we regret to inform you. Yeah. And they regretted to inform him that his wife and baby son died in childbirth. Somehow in this moment, Daniel starts sifting through newspapers that are on the table. And this is this is a really important moment because we see, and as a child, I didn't understand this at all, mm-hmm. that these newspapers convey that Mr. Miyagi's family were mm. all in turn and mr like, miyagi was part of a, a group of people who who enlisted despite you know the racism and prejudice against them to show you know we support the united states this is what we do is what we believe mm-hmm. and you know valiantly left his pregnant wife and she died mm-hmm. just a shout out to pat marita pat marita knew firsthand about internment camps right oh yeah this for is sure. the first time a lot of people say this I, I don't at least the first mainstream movie that actually dealt with the question of internment camps mm-hmm. and um Pat Morita himself had a broken, I think he broke his spine, and then he got spinal tuberculosis mm-hmm. and was in and out of body casts and hospitals for nine years being mm-hmm. treated by white doctors as a kid mm-hmm. and then was sent to go live with his family in, like, I want to say Arizona, Northern California. He had an outsider's perspective coming in while also being raised Japanese at this moment where they were mm-hmm. seen as the enemy. So he had a particular view to these men who had lost everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what what made him so committed to this part and this way at that yeah. and that scene. It would have also been an enormous loss mm-hmm. for the movie, but for pop culture for that not to be included. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so it's very likely that what he's distraught about is not the anniversary of his marriage, but the anniversary of her death. I'm looking at Daniel holding the telegram and, you know, that's been crumpled up in Mr. Miyagi's hand this whole time. Yeah. Miyagi passes out and Daniel takes a moment to kind of to tuck Miyagi in. It's very, very sweet, very loving. It's very nice. And now he sees the box of curios that Mr. Miyagi had pulled that from. And Mm -hmm. there's a patch with there's this beautiful patch with the bonsai tree at sunset. Mm -hmm. And then also a medal of valor. Yes. That Mr. Miyagi has received for being in the 442nd Regiment. So not only did he do something difficult, but he was highly decorated for it. Yeah, he's he's a hero. Much of the 442nd. He's a war hero. And so Daniel now, you know, has this new respect for Mr. Miyagi, blows out the candle beside Mr. Miyagi's bed, and then prepares to leave. But before leaving, makes sure to turn and bow, even though Mr. Miyagi can't see him. He turns and bows to Mr. Miyagi. Which is something they came up with on set, yeah? Yeah, because John Avelson was just like, oh, yeah, Ralph, while you're doing that, then bow. Yeah, yeah. And this is, like, Ralph Macchio's favorite part because, like, you know, you see it, you know, he bows, and then they instantly cut to another beautifully scored sequence where now Daniel LaRusso you know, has decided to go stand on the post as the tide yeah. comes in. Daniel's sunset. doing some solo training. He's trying to learn the crane kick himself. He's now not just about Daniel. It's about Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, Daniel's 
full in at this point. I, this montage is beautiful. I mean, it's he's standing there on the bow of it and he's doing his defense moves. Yeah. And, you know, he's taking the time when Mr. Miyagi's working to, to go do his thing, like mm-hmm. without Mr. Miyagi prodding him. Yeah. I can't imagine this training montage without that scene with Mr. Miyagi drunk. Right. And that scene was almost pulled from the movie. Yes. Like someone in the editing room did not want that scene to stay. Yeah, they talked about this in interviews and in the commentary and a couple other places where it's like some editor suggested they pull the Miyagi scene. Miyagi drunk scene, yeah. The Miyagi drunk scene. And trying to think how the movie flows without it, it's it's all right, but it's not great. The scene before it is Daniel gets humiliated. Then the scene after it is Daniel comes back and is like, He's doubled down on his dedication to his training, right? Exactly. And it's like, you could go straight from the humiliation to the double down on the training, and that would be okay. Putting that Miyagi scene was totally the right call, because it brings this movie to this quiet nadir, and then, bang, we come right back with the training, and he's got a new resolve. I don't know how Johnny Lawrence is doing, (laughs) this is the year I come back, but... uh, but clearly Daniel's got him beat on that as well. Daniel is dead serious about this because he knows it's greater than him, what, what he's part of. And in lots of beautiful shots in this training montage and then a segue to him learning to punch with Mr. Miyagi in the baseball and yes. the, what is it, the umpire? The catcher's he's wearing like an umpire ca- catching guard thing. Guard, Hep- which he's clearly painted a target on himself, yes, which Daniel, I thought was a nice touch. It's just perfect. Um, yeah, and again, they're shooting this at golden, golden hour. hour. Like the sun is behind them just over the hills. Yeah. And they've got it lens flared a little bit to where it's like like little beams are shooting out from the Vignetting, sun. Yeah. Uh, and the sun's also reflecting off the lake. Yet, Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are still nicely lit and in focus, so they've got it worked out to where the sun is in the shot, but it's not blowing out everything else that would be in the frame, like if you're shooting it with your iPhone or some cheap stuff like that. Like, they have got this filtered so perfectly that everything is clear. Everything is crisp. It's a beautiful shot. It's, it's so amazing. amazing. It's great because like, you can see that Daniel's still like the eager young pup, Mr. Miyagi, because he's excited that he's getting to learn to punch finally. Yes. And Mr. Miyagi is like, no, you, you got to focus power. Like, come on, man. Like, get yeah. it straight. And Mr. Miyagi like trips Daniel, brings him to the ground, punch, yeah, chops him. He dresses him down a little bit. He does dress him down. I mean, it, Daniel being a sponge soaks that move up and uses it later. That's true. And, you know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful sequence. And then, mm-hmm. and then from that, we go then to Daniel's birthday. Uh, Happy birthday to you. Daniel's birthday party. But Mr. Miyagi has thrown him. Yes. Mr. Miyagi is wearing a dapper Hawaiian shirt mm-hmm. with a party hat. Yes. Bringing him a cake and singing. Yeah. And he has presents for Daniel. Mm-hmm. And the first present is the Miyagi-Do ghee. Yes. He's gotten Daniel a ghee and transferred the, the bonsai and sun. The patch is on the back of the ghee. So if you cut the earlier scene that really blunts the impact of this scene and the significance of the gi and everything so i again i don't see how you lose the earlier scene and still do this scene yeah daniel's like super excited he's putting on his gi and you know he's like who made this who made this patch anywhere where did you get this and he's like mrs miyagi make long time ago Mm -hmm. and daniel realizes the weight of that Right. What, the gift that Mr. Maggie has so little of his wife, the gift that he's giving Daniel. And Daniel goes, Hey, you know, if you ever want this, um, this patch back, I'll understand. I know you understand. 
that's probably the best Miyagi line in the movie. Yes. Mr. Like, that is Mr. Miyagi's counterpart to the, you're the best friend I ever had. Mr. Miyagi just looks at Daniel and says, I know you understand. I know you understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi has processed his grief. He's not ashamed that Daniel saw him at his, at his saddest. Um, it's just a beautiful moment mm-hmm. of like acceptance and moving forward. And we, we really realize that Mr. Miyagi has an arc as much as Daniel does or a journey to go on in this film. We also learned that Daniel has his driver's license. That's true, that. which will come into play in just a minute. And Mr. Miyagi learns about Allie. That's, yes. Because, uh, yeah. Because in his wallet with a driver's license is the photo. Yeah, and, and Daniel's like, eh, we're not, you know, and Mr. Miyagi's like, hmm. Look good together. Different, but same. Through some contrivance, Daniel has to leave, although I totally believe that a teenage boy would forget his mom coming home after work to give him a surprise birthday. Yeah, it is a little odd that, like, he says, like, he knew his mom had a surprise plan for him, like yeah. a cake and stuff. So I mean, he has to knows? go do a second birthday party, essentially. Exactly. You know, in my head canon, Daniel has shown up to train, and Mr. Miyagi's like, you're not training today. Today, it's a surprise party for you. Uh-huh. And so, you know, Daniel's mom is like, why is he running late? Right. Daniel's like, why am I running late? Yeah. But at this moment, Mr. Miyagi gives him the number two birthday present. There's a big, this is a big night for Daniel. Lots going on. Lots going on. And it's also, incidentally, we learned the night before the tournament. So anyway, mm-hmm. Mr. Miyagi says, you know, time for your second birthday present. They go outside as he's walking Daniel out and he mm-hmm. tells him to choose a car. Yes. From the lot of old cars from Detroit. Yes. That are sitting there. And rather than go with the compact Studebaker or anything more <laughs> reasonable, he goes right for... The obvious choice, which is the 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 1948 the Ford. Ford convertible. Yes. Yeah, and Mr. Miyagi already knew that he would because Mr. Miyagi's dog tags are the keychain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when Daniel was going through Mr. Miyagi's things that night, when Mr. Miyagi was passed out, he also saw Mr. Miyagi's military dog tags. Yes. And now Mr. Miyagi has given them to him as a keychain on mm-hmm. the car that he knew Daniel would pick. Yeah, and so this th- is another scene that it's definitely in the highlight reels for. Karate Kid, which is the balance speech. Yeah, because, because you know, Mr. Miyagi says, you know, Daniel's beside himself about the car mm-hmm. and what a gift and he gets in the car and, and yet he's still, like, he has Ralph Macchio's serious face and he's like, you know, and Mr. Miyagi's like, what, what's the deal? Why are you nervous? What's wrong? And Daniel said, oh, I'm just nervous about tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. and that's the moment where Mr. Miyagi says, you know, You remember lesson about the balance? Yeah. A lesson not just karate only. Lesson for whole life. It's not just that you're doing this. It's the, the, the whole picture of your life. Yeah. And I think that's the moment where Daniel says, You're the best friend I ever had. Yeah. Sometimes it's great when you can take the subtext of a movie and make it text. You really have to pick and choose your moments. But when you can do it, like being able to hammer home a point like that can really make an impact yeah and and it, you know it's beautiful ralph macchio has said everyone is like hey what's your favorite line from the movie is it wax on what's off and ralph macchio's like no that you're the best friend i ever had is the mm-hmm. purest line i've ever said in a, as an actor yeah you know it's it's a beautiful scene too because if anyone's ever had a relationship with a mentor or a, a person a non-familial parent that mm-hmm. they love um that scene where Daniel says that to Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi really doesn't even need, need to say anything back. Like, he's mm-hmm. beaming, and he just says, you're pretty okay, too, and Miyagi speak. And so Daniel's like, perfect acting from Pat Morita. He's like, go go find your balance. Yeah, that's and, where he says it. And yeah. really, it's like, go find your girl, mm-hmm. right? Go find the thing that you haven't resolved. Do anything to take your mind off of it, but obviously this is the thing, the other thing that you have your mind the most on, so maybe this is the most useful thing 
to take your mind off of it. Like, I this is the balance for the other nervousness. That's is right. your ultimate, you know... Resolve resolve your your unresolved issues. Yes. Like, do all you, have, you could have done to take care of your life. Yes. Is what Mr. Miyagi's telling him, because that will inform your performance. But also, yeah. it's just because Mr. Miyagi loves Daniel. Like, this is the moment where we see... That Mr. Miyagi has already passed the torch to Daniel. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if Daniel wins the tournament. It doesn't. True. It doesn't matter because you know Daniel and Mr. Miyagi have already helped each other. They are family. Daniel is allowed to carry now the 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 story of Mr. Miyagi. He's mm-hmm. got the dog tags. He's he's got the gi with the with the patch that you yeah. Know, he's effectively become Mr. Miyagi's son. It's not that Mr. Miyagi has forgotten his family. It's that now he's got this family. Yeah. And it's all part of the same tapestry. It's a, yeah. it's just beautiful. So Daniel, off he goes. Yes. And Mr. Miyagi cheers him on. Yeah. And so we are back to the golf and stuff. We're never leaving golf and stuff. No. And Daniel, this is a great scene because Daniel comes in. He's got his swagger back. It's, mm-hmm. it's a legitimate earned swagger. He's got a car now. Yeah. Uh, it's not what he... Whatever what, his mom's surprise was, we've skipped right over that. No, I mean, I think it's that he's... He's, you know, the balance for Daniel is that his mom will understand. It's supposed to be a surprise. He's going to stop in and see his, his you know, his, the woman he loves on his my, way home. My head cannon just says this is a long night. Like, <laughs> whatever, whatever happened with his mom, like, yeah, she gave him a cake. It was not that interesting. And we have now skipped forward, like, another two hours. It's a lot of carb loading the day before your tournament. All that cake. Yeah, that would be a lot of cake the day before the tournament. Exactly. But anyway. Anyway, so, so here we are at Golf and Stuff, and Daniel's trying to talk to Allie and her friends and Allie's clearly angry at him you know, mm-hmm. she just plays the arcade games and then walks away from him and just whatever it takes to get away I mean, Daniel's trying to sweet talk her and then her friend is like you know get away from her like what's yeah. wrong with you can't you take a hint and Daniel's like well yeah you know like she really cared when she was using me to get to Johnny and they were making out on the dance floor and and I think it's Susan, right? Her friend yes. Susan is all, you really have no clue, do you? That's Julie Fields actually is playing Susan. She's like, you really yeah. have no clue, do you? That, you know, yeah. she hit him. You know, she didn't want him to make out with her. Yes. And the best line of the movie, um, which yeah. I think you referred to as sixth wave feminist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watching it. This is the, nth wave feminism right here. Daniel's like, well, she didn't explain it to me. And, and Susan's like, she shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Get a grip, man. Yeah. To- Allie owes you nothing. <laughs> exactly. Why did you think that everything had to unfurl in front of you like a yeah. giant scroll? Even though this is literally is your narrative, this isn't your narrative, exactly. dude. You were more than your own headcanon, Daniel. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the Daniel's like, oh, no, the penny's dropped. And he has to run out and find her. And he calls her Slugger, which, if Ralph Macho, if you're listening, you want to call me Slugger anytime you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, and charms her after apologizing into kissing him. Yes. And lets her drive his, his hot new wheels. Yes. His hot wheels. Yes. His hot wheels. Yes. So Infinitely that... hotter than any Corvette. So now, here we go. It's tournament time. Big time. Here we go. We're we are the now in the Valley. home stretch. Yeah. The All Valley 18 tournament. Under 18 in... tournament, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a great, uh, fun little scene here at the sign-ups where we're trying to even get into the tournament. Uh, Miyagi's standing there signing him up, and the sign-up guy is like, oh, what belt are you? Because we're now back in a world where belts matter again. Yeah, open and, entry requires brown or black belt. Yeah, brown belt or higher, and Miyagi's like, oh yeah, he's a black belt. Yeah, and then don't, inst- don't even worry about it. And then instantly no. holds Allie back to ste- help him steal a belt. Yeah, he does a little. Uh, he does a little fake out with the sign up guys so that he could steal the belt out of 
his bag. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this is the only time that Mr. Miyagi, aside from his intimate relationship with Daniel, corrects someone how to pronounce his name. He's like, no, it's Miyagi, not Miyagi. Yeah. Just so she will be able to steal that belt. Yeah. And they get to the locker room. And this is, to me, one of the most menacing one of the most menacing moments in the film, mm-hmm. even though nothing really happens because all the Cobra Kai's come in and surround, surround Daniel while he's like half his shirts half on his yeah, chest he, is exposed. He's and getting in his gi. Yeah. He's getting in his gi and he's trying to figure out how to even tie the gi. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, Johnny Lawrence, Billy's up because Johnny Lawrence just glowers and looks, looks actually a little scared. Of yeah. Him. And, and all the other guys are hyping, trying to get him to fight. And mm-hmm. Dutch tells him you're dead meat. So, yikes. Anyway, we see that Daniel's still kind of scared. He's calm, but like, mm. oh, geez, what have I gotten myself into? Mm. And then they have this gorgeous tracking shot, right? Yeah. They establish that Allie's allowed to be on the floor because... Well, we're doing something very clever here, which is we're alternating these moments of menace with moments of levity. So it's like we get a fun little scene where Miyagi helps steal a black belt. Yep. And then we come back to the locker room where we kind of reestablish our threat. And then we come back out here to the big establishing shot of the tournament where we have a little bit more fun with like the tournament officials. And then we have this lovely tracking shot of them showing like the entire like busy tournament hall. It's a big open shot uh, tracking across like pretty much the entire length of the auditorium. And I think they had to wait for hours to set up that shot like I was reading. And yeah, the, the... I think in the commentary they say they do it like at least, you know, 20 times maybe oh more. Yeah. I, I don't know. It wasn't clear if that included like rehearsal, uh, you know, or practice runs. But, but that, that shot it's still is, a lot. That shot is excellent because it's got a little bit of everything. It's got all the characters you'll see Daniel fighting. It's got the the Cobra Kai's. They look like they're doing a, a Hitler Youth conga line, mm-hmm, like running mm-hmm. behind them, going, you know, Cobra Kai never dies. Cobra Kai, never yeah, dies. yeah. They do their little march. They're kind of march into the into the auditorium. Yeah, it really conveys John Avildsen's attention to detail in terms of setting oh, yeah. setting up that a place is real. The attention to detail is fully on display here because uh, again, coordinating. This kind of a massive, you know, moving shot is that's where you're that's the rubber meets the road when you're talking about filmmaking. And when they get to this first fight, it's great because as you've been saying this whole time, like we know that Daniel's not a Harry Potter. He's not the chosen one. He's just mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. And he's just a kid. And you can tell that he's never actually fought because he's learned Miyagi-Do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, always, you know, basically for only for defense, never for attack. Yeah. So I, he doesn't even know how to attack. Well, yeah. Again, we get these fun interjections from Mr. Miyagi where Daniel's like trying to ask Mr. Miyagi what to do at the tournament and Miyagi's like I don't know I've never done a tournament before like Daniel's like what do you mean I thought you knew and Mr. Miyagi's like I was fighting for my life not for some dumb tournament yeah exactly Okinawa was a rough place yeah in 1930 yeah exactly we'll learn more about that in in the next movie but it's a very interesting juxtaposition street knowledge versus applied knowledge you know what goes in a tournament doesn't necessarily apply to real life and vice versa and in fact, Allie does something very important here is that she, apparently she's been hanging out with uh, Johnny so much that she like knows like the karate point system and she pulls Daniel aside as they're doing the walk around. And uh, I think it's no points for below, but anything above the above the waist. 
that's gets true. you a point. Okay, yeah. I don't know how the points work um, either, but she basically gives it the rundown to uh, That's why they have to, that's why they fake her out as Mr. Miyagi's translator, so that she can be there to give the technical assist. Yeah, it's a good thing. Because Mr. Miyagi DGAF about the actual rules of this yeah, tournament. exactly. <laughs> um, and so, so, yeah. So, things get off to a slow start for Daniel. Like, he gets run out of the ring a couple times. And, and the ref says, like, yeah. if you do that, if you go out of bounds one more time, you lose a point. Yes, it's exactly. Not serious. And Mr. Miyagi's like, you know, just do it, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he, and I think he drops the guy, or at least he gets the point on the guy. Yeah. The very first, you know, yeah. the thing after that, like, he, he goes after it. Because everybody else in the ring is theoretically practiced, but Daniel's responses are automatic at this point. Daniel has synthesized the Miyagi-Do defense. Q, you're the best around. Yeah, which <laughs> Esposito has said, I think that's what I'm most known for. And we're all like, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Um, and, and, and this is great because we get a little mini showcase of all the people that we've seen, like the, the actors playing the Cobra Kai's and mm-hmm. Daryl the doll, the, the stunt artist, the, well, the martial artist who poured in some of the stunts and did the, you know, did the crane kick. Yeah. Yeah. As, um, as himself, I noticed in the credits. Yes. He's credited as, as himself. Yeah. We see that Daniel's neighbor, Freddie is in the audience. And I don't know if that's because Freddie has decided Daniel's cool enough to talk to now, mm-hmm. or if it's just because in the Valley, this is what you do you, on a Saturday night or a Sunday night and watch the karate match. Karate is the biggest thing in the Valley, I guess. Exactly. At this point in time. Exactly. And rightly so. Here we are. Everyone's there. And we also get to see a little bit more about the dynamics between the Cobra Kai's and Crease. Mm-hmm. That Crease, you know, making power fists at Bobby yeah. when he's kicking ass and... He's real cock of the walk. Yeah. Uh, he and the Kobukais think that they've got this locked up. But presumably they always do because they're just so brutal that they always, like, go right to the to the uh, finals of the tournament. Except for Billy Zabka, who is Johnny. You know, I don't know if... I think Johnny's scared. I think Johnny knows because Johnny is the leader of the pack and he's taking the licks from Mr. Miyagi. And his face is both cocky but also, like, offended. Like, I cannot believe I'm having to do this. I cannot believe this kid is still here. Yeah, I think on the rounds where we're cutting to them watching Daniel, I definitely see that, but I also notice some nice little bits of business during the other matches, like with Vidal and some of the other contenders where Kreese and Johnny are just having like little inaudible exchanges like you would like football in, coaches yeah on exactly of a, on the side of a field. like oh yeah watch that move see what he did there yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's very cool attention to detail nice little bits of uh, realistic business this is also the first time that we really get a sense I mean we've seen the Cobra Kai's pounding Daniel and we've mm-hmm. seen how they look as a mass together in their uniforms but this is the first time that we really see how powerful Johnny is as a martial artist because yeah. He's huge, he dominates, and he's got mm-hmm. these ruffles and flourishes. Like, they learned the Korean style of karate that Pat Johnson, the stunt coordinator, was trained mm-hmm. in. Machio and Marita did, you know, Okinawan style when they trained. Yes. And so we see the difference between Daniel's spare and, and you know, conserving moves that, that have this power behind them from not moving. But whereas we see that, that Billy Zabka as Johnny, like, that character mm-hmm. has height and force and all yeah. this technique that makes him a juggernaut on the mat. Do we want to say anything else about these preliminaries before we get to the final match? They're just a lot of fun. A friend of ours was saying, I don't know if I would like this movie because I don't really like movies where there's fighting. And I was like, good news! This is a movie where <laughs> yeah. the object is not to fight, 
But it's true. But you know, for those who care about karate, this is the only moment in which we see karate, like mm -hmm. you know, the way it might be in a place where karate is that big of a deal. I was reading in the oral history of the Karate Kid that that some of the actual martial artists were like sniggering on the side mm -hmm. of the mats because they were like, ugh, you know, this isn't real karate. But I think in this moment, you do see some yeah. of the culture of what it would be like. And yeah. that's really, really fun. You know, if I had been waiting the whole movie to be like, this is a movie about the Karate Kid. Yeah. Like, where's the actual fighting? Yeah. The fair fighting. To that point, I say that this is the difference between what makes a movie a movie is this sense of authenticity. If you have little pieces that are authentic, that sells the stuff that you know is BS, right? Yeah, it's it's you know, there's actually like literary critic Roland Barthes calls that the reality effect. Yeah, like it's got these like these little details that that aren't hitting you over the head, but but they have nothing to do with the plot, but they're essential to maintaining the the veracity of the plot. You're doing down payments on your climax, essentially. You can have your karate match culminate in these fake moves if you spend the rest of the movie kind of establishing that, you know, there is, like, a certain realism to this world. And may I just make a shout-out to Chad McQueen, evil, evil evil Dutch from the Cobras who yeah. is towards the end of the montage and has been telling Daniel he's dead meat and comes out like a crazy anarchist and after kicking Daniel in the face Daniel's like oh and just like you know takes him out scores his point yeah and, yeah and Crease and Johnny turn away in disgust it's a yeah. beautiful moment watching that guy get his comeuppance yeah he drops him like a sack of potatoes it's pretty great so here we are in the finals and the first well you know we know that it's going to be the first it's going to be Johnny Daryl Vidal who plays the one who we haven't seen before basically he's got like the mantis gi yeah. yeah and then there's Daniel and then there's Bobby the the kind-hearted Cobra Kai yes and 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 Ron Thomas is actually of course a multiple black belt and and now mixed martial artists in real mm -hmm. life. They had brought him along because he could do the special stuff. So it's the first up is Johnny versus Daryl Vidal's, you know, karate kid. Johnny beats him, but it's a beautiful, beautifully shot match. Oh, yeah. Um, no, the, at this point, they've got all their best choreographed people, you know, in front of the camera and it shows. Yeah. Like, and the next match after Johnny Johnny drops the, the opposition is is Bobby versus Daniel. Mm -hmm. And Bobby is the one who told Johnny when they were wailing on Daniel on Halloween, no, he's had enough, man. Like, stop it. Like, Bobby, right. Bobby is the most even yeah. of the Cobras. And yet this is who Kreese chooses to to take Daniel out. Right. I mean, you got to think what a sociopath or, or what a megalomaniac Kreese is. Like, mm -hmm. you know, Bobby's like, I can take this guy out. And Kreese is unwilling to ensure that the victory goes to Cobras. Instead, he's like, just just do your best to, to take this kid out. Injure him beyond the point that he can Well, he's not even like, do your fight. best. He's just like, do, do it. it. Yeah, and, and Bobby so says, but Sensei, I'll be disqualified. Kreese is not even concerned with, you know, the rules of the game. It's just win at any cost. He, as an army guy, is reliving Vietnam in every social interaction, no matter what the consequences. Including including wanting the Asian guy, the Asian mentor across the mat to suffer. Yeah, he's not concerning himself with the morality. Johnny wins by default. And at this Cobra moment, Kai wins by default. We see that at least Bobby and Johnny uh, know this is jacked up. Yeah. Like, we can tell Johnny's like, wait a second, like, what, what's going on? And looks and has his kind of scared, like, this is out of my control. Mm -hmm. Look. At that moment, Ron Thomas delivers on his excellent martial arts skills and pops Daniel in the knee. Yes. And this is some superlative acting 
between well, Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita here. Well, also, at this point, doesn't Bobby, like, get down on the mat and he's like, I'm Daniel, so sorry. I'm Daniel, so- I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Even though yeah. they're doing exactly what Kreese wants and, you know, they're falling right in line, they're still, like, super remorseful throughout the whole thing, they're which beginning, is interesting. It's coming out. Well, the, well the, again, it, this fair, this supposed fair fight of the tournament, the scales fall off of all this bluster and mm-hmm. all this, this militant crap. And they yeah. see that, like... They're fighting fair. Daniel's fighting fair. They've shown up, you know, as honest men, and now this. Yeah. Beautiful acting from from Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita, especially when you consider that they had already rehearsed this countless times and mm-hmm. one whole videotape run through, and yet they bring it like it's the very first time any of this has ever happened. And they go into the locker room, you know, because Daniel is injured. He has 15 minutes to come back out, and, mm-hmm. you know, and his mom and Allie are, like, sad for him. And, and then Daniel's like, Give me a minute alone. Mr. Miyagi, will you stay? Because Mr. Miyagi's like, it didn't matter whether you won or lost. Yeah. And then Daniel says to Mr. Miyagi, but I know that, but I still want this. Like, I'm not going to yeah. have my balance. And then Mr. Miyagi realizes mm-hmm. that Daniel's learned a lesson of balance and agrees to help him. Yes. Yeah. If what balance means to you is going out and just having Johnny smear you all over the <laughs> tournament mat, then okay, I will let's now, do it. I will yeah. now use my, my <laughs> in specific... In specific esoteric healing ability yes. to relocate your knee. Yeah. And we I, will go out together. Yeah, we'll, I'll walk you out there to get your ass handed to you if that's how you find your balance. And, and the way that he puts his hand on Ralph Macchio's head and says, you know, close your eyes. And Ralph Macchio just closes his eyes in this gesture of total trust in Mr. Miyagi, yeah, right? At for this, sure. At this point, it's you earned. Know, Daniel's no longer like, what the hell, man? What are you doing with your rubbing your hands together? Like, what are you doing having me paint your fence? Like, Daniel's like, no, I'm, I'm, we're in this. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. And out we come. And now there's this guy about to give the trophy to Johnny and, and Chris, and they're looking very proud of themselves. And Allie's like, actually, wait, yeah. Daniel LaRusso's going to fight. There's intercutting, but it never feels like it. That's the crazy thing. It's yeah. like this all feels like it's one continuous shot, even though it's not. Yep. Everything, it feels kind of improvisational, where like the announcer's like, Daniel LaRusso's going to fight? They have, there's a great little moment where uh, Daniel corrects uh, the announcer on Mr. Miyagi's name again. Yeah, Daniel's like, you know, what the hell? What do I care? They've already done all this stuff. Like, I, I've got nothing to lose. Make sure that you pronounce my karate master's name correctly. Another yeah. great moment that happens here is that as Daniel runs out, we see Freddie, his friend from the very first scene who he accidentally karate kicks through the gate and who yes. left him lying in the sand. Israel Huarbe, it's Freddie, is going crazy on yes. the sidelines when he sees that Daniel's come out. That is pretty great. And, um, we, and we see that Johnny is like, oh my God, what is happening? Like, he's just shaking yeah. his head in, in, in shock and yeah. bawling his fists in nervousness. Like, he's now had the trophy taken away from him mm-hmm. with no time to emotionally prepare. That's true. And, and they uh, get right into it, right? So we've got Daniel and Johnny. Johnny, again, looking huge compared to Ralph <laughs> Macchio. He's got... Uh, you know, the patches all down the leg of his gi of the four or five tournaments and stuff that he's already won. Looking every inch like the most imposing dude you ever met in high school. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like a synthesis of an evil prom king. Right. And and a karate champ. So, yeah. you know, good luck to Ralph Macchio. And this is a real moment where, you know, we see... The, the the subtle play of like classism and racism right like in mm. every sense johnny is stacked to win this yeah in every sense for sure and ralph macchio is a pipsqueak mm-hmm. who comes from nothing you know he's 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 got an obvious like east coast accent he's italian yeah um you know so he's he at, at a moment when italians were sort of racially marked coming out of the 20th century mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, like when that was a thing. And so it's just, it's really amazing because with the way they make these wide shots, Daniel is tiny. Like he's all, he's like a giant puppy. And, yeah. and he's going up against the scary Karate King. Zabka is just like going full force towards Machio, pushing him out to the edge of the mat. And then Machio gets in the perfect like counter right at the last second before he gets, you know, ring out. The way that Mr. Miyagi has trained Daniel, right? He's synthesized. He's, he's a defensive machine because his he doesn't have to think about the defense. He can see the opportunities to, to, to go on offense. Yeah. The thing about it is that Johnny is freaked out. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel scores at least one and maybe two points. Yeah. Um, you know it, what this reminds me of? I watched a YouTube video not too long ago of uh, Muhammad Ali doing rope-a-dope. Yeah. And I'm is. like, yeah. <laughs> like Daniel is... Okinawan rope-a-dope. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some definite parallels there of being conservative in a fight, saving your shots, and Daniel is saving his shots for when they actually count. That's right. Daniel can make Johnny hurt. Like, at one point, he drops him to the mat using... I believe the thing that Mr. Miyagi did to him in yeah. the golden hour when they were training punches by the oh, reservoir. Right. Daniel drops Johnny and Johnny makes Johnny's nose bleed. You know, if you watch the fight choreography, you definitely see these great little moments where Daniel calls back moves that happened way earlier in the movie. That we weren't explicitly told to learn. Wax on, wax off, and side to side, paint the fence, uh, yeah, sand yeah. the floor, like that's obvious. But but these other flourishes are things that Daniel has learned either from Mr. Miyagi or through osmosis in, yeah. his, in his quest to imitate Mr. Miyagi. Exactly. We're being set up to know that Daniel knows more than we even realize. Daniel learned. Yeah, Daniel yeah. learned. Daniel's been watching. And he learned because he loved Mr. Miyagi, not because he was drilled by a terrifying, you know, Nazi drill sergeant. Right. Yes. He was drilled by a loving father figure. Exactly. <laughs> um, With a penchant for the ridiculous. So yes. anyways, there they are. And at that moment when Daniel drops Johnny and causes his nose to bleed, mm-hmm. you know, the Pat Johnson as referee is like, go to your sensei. Take your corners, yeah. Yeah, and, and Martin Cove, as John Kreese looks at him, wipes the blood out from under his nose in his own fatherly gesture and says, Sweep the lick. Yeah. Meaning go for Daniel's injury. Yeah. And the expression on Zabka's face is like, like, really? Yeah. Like... Even though he's been here for the entire tournament listening to Crease's bile, yes. to Crease's bile, he still can't <laughs> believe that he's being asked to do this shit, like, <laughs> even in the finals. But Johnny's still going to do it. But, well, well, first he sweeps the leg. I think he, he, he brings him down with that leg once in a more subtle way. Like, he's not willing to, That's true. to go for it yet. We yeah. can see that, that, that Johnny, they have him building up to being, to really hurting Daniel again. Yeah. Johnny grabs his, I think it's his leg, Mm -hmm. and then just elbows him back in the injured knee. Yeah. And down Daniel goes. And that's that's a moment where, you know, Mr. Miyagi can't run onto the mat to save him, but Daniel's in pain. And, you know, he's lying there writhing. You know, Kreese looks at Mr. Miyagi like, what's your boy going to do now, huh? And so Daniel has to get up on his own. Yes. The music, you know, you can tell from from the musical cues, Bill Conti's letting us know, like, this is it. Like yeah. if the kid doesn't pull this out, like that, it's over. Con- we all go Conti's home. going crazy in the in the recording booth right now. <laughs> We've got He's a crazy just... Conti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Daniel gets up yep. on one leg because he can't use the other one. Yep. And is this where the the, the dude in the side on the sideline screams? Get him a body bag. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Which one is of another the great guys. like little recording booth ad lib. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Avildsen said, you know, said I need something. And he goes, yells, "Get him a body bag." And Avildsen's like, "And now you're immortal." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like his game over, man. <laughs> like that—that's his Bill Paxton moment. <laughs> Fucking a. Yeah, and so and so there we go. Boom. 
Daniel gets back up and the ref is like, are you okay, son? Like, can you continue? And Daniel's like, I mean, yeah, I can do mm-hmm. it. And, you know, we don't know what the hell Daniel's going to do. And then mm-hmm. we hear the crane theme. Daniel's got his arms up. Mr. Miyagi, I think, didn't know right. until this moment that Daniel had learned that move. Like, Mr. Miyagi is is in there in there with Daniel. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like bows and acknowledging what Daniel's about to do. Because yeah. if done right, no can defense. That's right. And at one point, I think Johnny's like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. Penultimate shot. We got... Johnny v. Daniel. Daniel's up in the crane stance. The referee lets it fly. And so does Daniel. Yeah, so does Daniel. And the way that they have Johnny take this kick and that wide shot, the sound mixing is amazing. Like, down Johnny goes. Serious applause to both Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka because Ralph Macchio sells that he could do this mm-hmm. and Billy Zabka sells that Johnny is, is number one athletic even as he crawls away on his nose mm-hmm. and second you know when it's all said and done Johnny bows to the massive people running at Daniel yeah. and takes the trophy from the announcer yeah and ha- you know it makes that choice himself like Johnny at the beginning of the show wanted to be an ex-degenerate and wanted to make it all work. And this is the moment where Johnny's like, oh, this is how I'm going to try to make it work with what I've got You did it, Johnny. You pulled it out at the last second. You did. I mean, Johnny Johnny was the greater sportsman. It's not like society will necessarily reward him for that. And we know his sensei is not going to be thrilled. But, like, he says, you know, you're all right, LaRusso. Good match. And Daniel's like, thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, like you said, Johnny's just trying to be gracious. Yeah. No. So Johnny's like, you know, you're all right, LaRusso. Good match. And Daniel's like, hey, thanks a lot. And it's a beautiful, yeah. and it's a beautifully shot moment because the way the camera's positioned, we can tell that what matters most is not that Daniel feels satisfaction, but that Johnny and Daniel can connect as like equals. Yes, in that exactly. Moment. And then it's over. Basically, they smartly cut to Mr. Miyagi beaming yeah. proudly at Daniel. An insert shot that Avidson had to fight for later. Yeah, like, yeah. They had an ending on a more comical note in the parking lot, which they then moved to Karate Kid Two. That's the more satisfying ending. That's efficient. Daniel wins the tournament. Like, what more needs to be said? We're out. Like, yeah. And, and Mr. Miyagi's journey is also at this point fulfilled, right? Yeah, and you can see it on both their faces. Super efficient. Super clean. No nonsense. In a way, the movie itself is Okinawan karate. You don't get anything you don't need. You save your shots for when you need them. Robert Mark came and would agree. Thank you. This podcast has been produced and hosted by Colin Canada and Jenny Carlson. You can find us online at are you karate kidding me.com and wherever you download podcasts.